Welcome to episode 61 of the Switch Mania Playcast! The showcase episode! Where evolution is key. Is it though? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> and also where I hear bleeding audio of two people talking at the same time. <laughs> My goodness! Hopefully this episode will be a little less chaotic than episode 60. That'd be nice. It's always good to have hope. Yeah, also, um, <laughs> looks like we're going to have beeping in the middle of this on the, the playcast because I record the desktop audio for everyone listening. And I'm going to have people messaging me consistently as I just had a message on Skype. And it's like, bloop. <laughs> it's going to be doing that all recording. Oh, premium edition's crazy. We never stop working for you. Yeah. That's our motto. We don't stop. I probably haven't spent time with my wife since Sunday. It's great. <laughs> yeah. More time I with JP on the phone than with my wife. I know. There's there's a problem with spending more time with you, Jeff, than anybody else. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shanna's waving in the background. I go, hi. <laughs> I see you in a few weeks. Yeah. Got a few more weeks, everyone, for the uh, pre-orders from Super Blood Hockey, and that and that'll be that'll be behind us, and then I'll still be uh, working because I got to get this game out. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. We we had a, a big week. Uh, we we announced our date, our release date that we are aiming to shoot for, which is December seventh. So it's uh, it feels more real now that you know you can look at the calendar and and know that Super Blood Hockey is going to be on its way soon. Absolutely. Yeah, um, and yeah I'm, I'm already working with Nintendo to uh, get the physical created. So, like, people were... I know people were asking in forums and stuff that we would see online. They're like, uh, are you going to make enough to make the game? I'm like, we're already making the game. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know <laughs> what the question is. Like, um, I don't know if people think that you got to sell, like, 5,000 copies to do a 5,000 copy game. You don't have to. Like, we just make the game. And That's true. That's I mean, very true. Yeah, like, it's and, okay. And it feels good. It's, you know, we always knew the game's being made, and and it's being made, and it, it's uh, it's a nice feeling. You know, we're around the halfway point of the open pre-order, so September 22nd is when pre-orders close, so go to premiumeditiongames.com. But it's it's been a fun ride so far as, you know, we start to develop our community around the company. Uh, so, Barry, maybe you could talk about that, because I know you're on Discord a lot. And I see a lot more people every day joining. Yeah, um, we've been actually really great on Discord. A lot of people coming in, showing their collections, uh, asking for, you know, like giving game suggestions, and just, just you know, like just talking, talking video games, talking premium edition. A lot of people are, you know, asking questions. They're they're curious, you know, especially you know as a as a starter company, and we just do our best, uh, all of us, to answer those questions and to be transparent, which is what we said when we started. And, uh, you know, a lot of people have, you know, thanked us. You know, it's been really appreciative that we've been so open with the information. And, you know, we're just trying to keep a great community in there just for people who love video games, not necessarily even the Switch. Just, you know, Mm -hmm. if you want you just love video games, be there and be a part of it. And we're welcome to have you, you know, it's it's awesome. Absolutely. And as always, thank you to everyone who has pre-ordered the game or Mm -hmm. has checked out our website, talked to us on social media. Um, Yeah, just thanks for... uh, for uh, 
you know, even just watching the direct when we announced uh, on August 11th, uh, it's it's been fun so far. I mean, uh, you know, all of us haven't been sleeping at all, and it's completely worth it. Like that's the <laughs> feeling that I have is that this is a passion. It feels amazing to finally be doing this, um, and I I've, I've been loving every minute of it. So so. JP, should, should I do the part of the playcast where I make you super nervous because the business is going a mile a minute? Should I do the <laughs> Switch Mania spoilers section for premium sure. edition games? Spoil sure. something? Yeah, spoil it. <laughs> where I make it nervous is we've had like a million things happen every week. It's <laughs> like crazy. Um, so, one thing that we've been criticized on, now JP knows where I'm going. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm like, okay, I can breathe. I, I know what you're just... <laughs> <laughs> One thing we were criticized on um, was obviously the shipping. And, you know, the first week we looked and we're like, oh my goodness, it's like put 16 ounces instead of 12 ounces. And when we put it down to 12 ounces, it opened up a whole new shipping option. However, that only helped out domestic United States shipments. Mm-hmm. Um, JP said we were looking into something. We yep. have, we haven't announced it, nor will we announce it like online, but those of our loyal listeners to the Switch Mania Playcast. Um, so basically, we now have an official partner that is mm-hmm. going to do international and Canadian shipping for the same price as domestic, so like $5. Like five, I think five seventy maybe. I think that's what they were. That's what they were saying. So essentially, when we announce it, you'll every single international backer will be able to get the same affordable shipping as everybody in the stateside, and it covers the Diamond Dallas Page DDP, um, <laughs> <laughs> as well as any other craziness. Um, the only thing we may not be able to predict is like there's certain like United Kingdom like areas that charge some random thing but like we're gonna look at mitigating that too um we're going with a really seasoned distributor um and so it should be a really exciting partnership as we continue to uh promote and evolve as a company yeah and i and i will say uh so for those of you that have pre-order already and they're wondering what that means for your order we will be putting out a newsletter so mm-hmm. everybody who had made a purchase you'll be getting an official update from us through email and on social media once everything is announced and mm-hmm. we'll explain exactly you know how you can go about adjusting your order so if you yep. did end up you know still taking a chance on us and paying that high shipping cost we will be taking care of everybody we will take care of you yeah, so so have no fear. It does, um, JP is the order here. Will be adjusted exactly. All three of us are here. Um, have no fear. JP is here. We're good. <laughs> yeah, like, and the thing is, is that like we always want everybody to know, like, yeah, we're we're listening, and oh, yeah. if we can fix something or adjust something or look into something, we will. Um, we honestly did not have this opportunity before we launched like this came about because we launched because we put ourselves out there and we're starting to get a lot of sales so then we were contacted we looked into it and we're like oh yeah this is a no-brainer this is great um now they will be the exclusive way to buy games from us internationally and in canada so just be cognizant like you won't be able to actually buy them from us but there will be a link don't worry. So if you go to our site, there'll be a link to where you could buy it. 
Um, and vice versa, if you go to their site, there'll be a link to get to us if you're domestic and in the U.S. So it'll be yep. perfect. And they'll be working with us for every release. So even when we get to Pigeon Dev here um, shortly, it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited. You know, this is something that from day one, the minute that we launched, we had people in our community, you know, reaching out to us about this. And all three of us, we've been working, I, I will say, tire, tirelessly to, to get this resolved, especially during the pre-order window. So I'm really glad that, you know, we're essentially about a few days away from being able to just, you know, lay out everything, announce it, and then we can uh, update our website and just move forward. And then, you know, the future releases become a, a much smoother process as well. So uh, so thank you for everyone for being patient and for giving us your feedback because mm-hmm. we always we always are listening, uh, as Jeff said. I, and I will say the other uh, really fun thing that happened uh, this past week is that oh, we no. started our interviews. Oh, yes. no. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so we had... We had Sean Daly, the composer for Super Blood Hockey. Uh, Barry had done a written interview and a video interview that will be going up shortly on our website and on YouTube. But right now on the website, you can read uh, the written interview. And Sean's a great guy. Like I, you know, I got a little sneak peek at the video interview, and it was fantastic. Uh, I love learning, you know, the behind the scenes and and the um, and the motivation and the inspiration of these individuals in the video game community, and especially. On the game that you know we're publishing physically, I just think it's so great to learn more. So very well, great interview, and and of course, like you know, it's like he did the music, but also he's a comic book artist, and it's yeah. exactly why we have the switch case that we use the case art. Like we didn't use the traditional case art that everybody saw that was on the icon and all of the marketing that Digerati did. We used a different case art, and people are like, well, why did you use the different case art? Well, here it is. Like he. Yep did yep. the art it's a comic book artist like it's amazing it's an awesome oh, yeah. opportunity and like, i even had digerati to like why didn't you use our normal thing and i'm like like the musician is an artist like that is awesome and we're mm-hmm. absolutely still going to use the digerati art on the front of the manual so then you're going to have that nes horizontal manual with the head-to-head the really awesome marketing art that digerati did as well so like we're yeah. gonna hit all the different aspects. And then, of course, the slipcase done by Paul Niemeyer is just icing on the cake. It just looks amazing. Yeah. yeah. My goodness. My yeah, goodness. That's what I like about our releases, that there's so many points where you have different art. We don't ever need to, not that we would want to, but we don't even need to reuse art because there's so many opportunities and so many different pieces of our physical release that just warrants new art and, and new design. So I think that's, that's I'm really looking forward to seeing it because I think it's going to look fantastic. And I mean, one of my things as the um, the creator that I am, as I, you know, I design all the books for Hagen's Alley and all that stuff. Like when we do our deluxes, there's even more art opportunities. I'm not, And I'm not one to just like repeat the art on another box. Like we're not, if we have an NES box and a switch case and a steel book, and a card and a manual and a patch and a yeah i said patch and a a (laughs) sticker um i literally none of those are going to be the same like the sticker will probably be like a logo you know but like like i mean we will have unique art for all of the pieces especially when there's history and you have like artists and developers and the developers are artists and like it's there's opportunity to just have really cool releases and 
I mean, to me, having the same box replicated multiple times just kind of misses the point. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. No, I like that we're able to have all the different art pieces because there's there are so many images and artwork done for these games that uh, why wouldn't you want to use them? Yeah, I agree. It's it's I like it when a game has like the slipcover is different than the the cover art, yep. especially going into the manual as well, uh, and and to be able to tap into Sean's talents as well, it just it it really brings it you know full circle. Yeah. Wait, Barry, did you call him Schwan? Sean. Schwan, like Schwama. <laughs> this is the Avengers now, right? Schwan, Schwan hangs out with Mario. <laughs> oh. Hey, I did hear the best thing to uh, make fun of you East Coast uh, New Jerseyans about the way you say Mario. Um, yes. M- Mario literally says, it's a me, Mario, on Mario 64. Oh, he's got an shots, what do you expect? Shots fired. <laughs> Mario literally pronounces his own name as Mario. <laughs> well, we can't help that he pronounces it wrong. I mean, they record it once. What are you going to do? <laughs> it's a me, Mario. Because I always yeah. like my, um, where I go against the speedrunner community, including 8-Bit Steve, who did the Friday 13th book, where they say Ninja Gaiden. I'm like, they literally in the wizard say Ninja okay, Gaiden. Gaiden. It's Ninja Gaiden. There's yeah. no, uh, there's oh. no uh, two they ways about that. all call it the Gaidians. Ninja, Ninja Gaiden and Super Mario, so you know. <laughs> oh and no, yeah. <laughs> oh my, but yeah, like Good so. You're you're you're, you're half right. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take uh, it. Fifty percent is still better than none. That's right. But there's no way it's Schwan. <laughs> no Schwans <Sean>. here. <laughs> hey, it's a combination of Switch and Sean. Schwan. <laughs> So one thing that I'll tease that I don't even know Jeffrey knew I was going to say, and I won't give anything away, but I will say um, if you watched our direct, you know that we announced three games, right? We have Super Blood Mm. Hockey, we have Pigeon Dev Collection, and a robot named Fight that we said summer. I thought we said six games. I don't know. (laughs) Six games, three. Six games. But there are games coming out in between Pigeon Dev and... Uh, a robot named Fight, and I'm very excited because the plan is to do another direct to announce them, and I have a feeling it's probably going to be coming sooner than later. So I'm is really it? excited about that because we have uh, we're, we're building a really nice lineup for 2021, and I'm I'm excited. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I am very excited about the titles that we have been uh, talking with and signing as well. So, I mean. Barry, JP missed the point. I said six games because Pigeon Dev's a four-pack. Man, yes. okay. shaking my I head at JP. <laughs> so, so for the first time ever, on the back of our case, it's literally going to be like two through four, two through five. <laughs> we'll just knock them all out at once. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> we got five games in our first year. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Hey, hey, we, we did say we're only doing one a quarter. Well, that... Does that mean we can only do the Pigeon Dev for an entire year? I think that's how we do it now. We're not releasing them individually, people. <laughs> like, like if we can release games on a on a multi-cart, we absolutely will because it just makes sense. And, yeah. and for that's us, one thing. Like, it's just cool. Yeah, that's just one thing we love. I mean, if you can, why wouldn't you want to? I, I mean, you just add more value, have more options for you know the gamer. You you pop it in and. You're not just stuck with just one game on the cart now. You get you get your choice, and I think that's that's amazing. And we don't see enough of that, so I'm glad that you know 
we get to really start that here uh, and hopefully continue it as well. So, JP, before we get into the news, I think yes. you did a perfect segue to our game of the episode, which is a double pack. Yes, it is. Oh, you let us into it. Yeah, we will definitely get to news, everyone, and definitely leave us a five-star rating, but that was too good of a transition from JP to not take that. <laughs> like, 16 minutes in, and we're actually going to the game. Everyone's like a record. <laughs> JP is now above 50%, even after losing it with the missed, missed opportunity of the four-pack. <laughs> track of my score. <laughs> It's like a fluctuating it ticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. So, um, our game of the episode is the Evil Land Legendary Edition, which is a two-pack classic indie game release uh, by Super Rare Games. Oh yeah. And mm. it was published by and developed by Shiro Games, uh, Evil mm -hmm. Land 1, and Evil Land 2. They have multiple directors and programmers and artists uh, evolved with it. And I would like to go over them all. So you had the game was designed by Nicholas Canessi and Sebastian Vidal, uh, programmed also by Nicholas. Um, the artists were Antine Makowski and Jeremy Vitry. Um, and then it was also written by the designers and composed by Camille Schoen, Chonel, Chowell. So I'll just mispronounce their names. Um, but I would like to go over the teams because as we're creating games, there's a lot of cool people beyond, behind him, behind the games. Mm -hmm. And if I mispronounce your name and you're, you're part of this team, feel free to call me out on social media. <laughs> <laughs> um, Evil Land 2 was uh, developed and programmed and directed by Nicholas again, but there was an extra programmer in there, um, Bernard Stools. And there were some extra artists like uh, Anna Is Mamar and Lucille Lacoste. So you had some good uh, female artists in there as well for the second one. So let's go over what these games are. Um, Evil Land 1 is an action RPG uh, by a French video game company based in Bordeaux. Um, released in April of 2013. Which is crazy it was that long ago. Um... <laughs> Design uh, retraces the history of video games, inspired by classics like The Legend of Zelda, Diablo, and Final Fantasy. Um, game has many references to movie and video game history. And this one, um, JP was calling it this uh, before when we were chatting. He calls this the appetizer to the games. Um, and we're yes. just going to talk about Evil Land 1. I'm only setting the, the wallpaper for one, even though we talked about the developers for both. Um, sure. Evil Land is based on the concept of tracing the evolution of video games. When the player begins his or her adventure, there are only two colors. Big, simple pixels, and a 2D character. Through the adventure, the character, the player, gradually unlocks new graphics, technologies, gameplay mechanics, and eventually reaches the high-definition age in a three-dimensional world. This evolution in game of video game history is punctuated by the many references of classic role-playing games. Um, it's interesting because there's uh, action RPG phases as well as active time battles, like in Final Fantasy. Um, you move through a world made up of dungeons, caverns, forests, villages full of non-playable characters. Players will collect in-game currencies, like 
G-L-I-S instead of gills. It's like gliss. <laughs> After each battle, um, which can be spent in towns to purchase additional items, upgrades, many which must be obtained to finish the game. And upon completing the story mode, players can also attempt to find hidden stars, cards that are scattered throughout the world, which can be used in a collectible card game, which is based on the classic Triple Triad, which was in Final Fantasy VIII, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Um, the game was developed during, uh, a game development conference. It's called Le Dumb Dare. Um, that is one of the many resources that I used when I'm always researching, like, uh, the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis homebrew scene, which is pretty cool. Um, but basically in that competition, you have 48 hours to create a video game. So, that was the theme of that whole 24th Le Dumb Dare was evolution. So, uh, ironically, it's called Evo Land. <laughs> And and basically, they won first place over 1,400 other participants. They won that. Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And basically, it was really crazy because the player feedback was so encouraging that the game quickly reached over 300,000 players within a couple months. Um, And the game is still playable for free on on the Evil Land website. The original. Oh game. wow! Yeah, that's, that's called awesome. the Evil Land Classic, um, nice. and then later on was ported to the Nintendo Switch, which we all know and love. Released through Super Rare Games um, mm-hmm. with the two pack. One of my favorite releases that Super Rare has done by far. Um, mm-hmm. Now I will say that my memories of this game are quite spotty because I played this last year. And I only spent this week playing Evil End 2. Um, so we'll start with... Uh, Barry. Barry. <laughs> JP probably well, didn't play it either because we've been working well, on the company. <laughs> and, well, also, well, Barry, before you go, I mean, when I played the, I played both of them right around the time, I think right before Final Fantasy VII Remake came out, I, I decided, you know what, I really want to try these games out. And so just really quick, I played through both of them, but I played it a while ago. I mean, this is a while ago. Um, so I'm going to do my best to remember, you know, my my uh, my uh, gameplay experience on it. But I'll let Barry start because he's going to help refresh our memory. Oh, he's going to refresh our memories. And I mean, I think I beat this game in like two to three hours max, mm-hmm. whereas I'm probably one a dozen or two hours in evil land 2 and haven't even scratched the surface so mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's great go ahead barry Barry, start us off yeah <clears throat> this is one of those rare games that um you guys have played and i didn't <laughs> <laughs> it finally happened <clears throat> it did it usually usually you know we had this early in the uh in the year i would suggest games i was like no stop suggesting games that you know you played that we haven't so this time it was like no we're gonna suggest a game that we already played Uh, (laughs) so we're doing evil land and i'm like crap that's one i haven't played (laughs) so so i i didn't mind it you know i I heard good things and i jp you talked about it before and you said it was good so i'm like all right cool you know i'm just gonna go into it so i started with evil land one and uh like like jeff said it it was short i think i beat it in maybe three three hours three and a half hours um, and it was very much an appetizer, but mm-hmm. I really enjoyed what they did because it was, it was so unique that, you know, it starts off where you can, can't really do much and you slowly open up chest and every time you open up a chest, you gain a new thing. Like you gain the ability to move right, you gain the ability to attack, you gain the ability to, you know, get color. 
And one of my early annoyances, like, you have no health. <clears throat> so, like, you get hit once, boom, back to the title screen. And that started to get annoying because I was like, oh, I'm trying to kill these enemies. And, like, they just moved and killed me. Like, oh. And then finally I opened up that chest. Like, you gained life. Now you don't die. It's, oh, thank God. <laughs> like, get uh, good, Barry. Get good. Get good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I like the fact that it was actually two... It was really two different types of. Well, it was more. It was more than two, but <laughs> really mainly was. two. There were, you know, Zelda was the huge inspiration for like this action RPG setting, and then you switch to a Final Fantasy turn-based strategy with an ATB system, and it goes between the two. And I always found it weird that like the no matter how much you grind like in the Final Fantasy segments, those levels don't carry into the Zelda segments. Mm-hmm. Um, and the experience, you don't get any experience in the Zelda segments, so all those kills don't actually help your levels. So I kind of that was like one one jarring thing. It was like I kind of wish they did communicate a little more, but it was really interesting to go like one area is like a Diablo section almost. I'm like, whoa, this is Diablo. Like even the the health meter was the Diablo potion and the sound effects. I'm like, this is really cool. This took me by surprise. I didn't expect it to be this good. And yes, it's short and it's predictable. Uh, you know, especially with the names. I mean, they they don't disguise. Oh. Your yeah. character's called Slink, you know, and, and, you know, it's like, okay, and then there's uh, your, your party members, Ares, and I'm like, okay, there's some Final Fantasy VII, and you get, you get Cloud spelled differently, his yeah. sword, I'm like, oh, lost your sword, so I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing, this is cool, you get the pre-rendered background, and the triple triad, I was like, oh, man, like, they really did a lot in this game, especially if this was part of this competition you said done in a short amount of time, yeah, very impressive. Yeah, and, I'm uh, oh, sorry, keep going. I was just gonna say, like that. That to me just shocks me. I, I didn't. I didn't know about that. But yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. There was. There's a little extra bonus stuff too. Like you can tell they they went a little above and beyond with uh, the shorter game because when you get to the end, they're like, oh yeah, you're at the end. You can go fight the final boss. But there's a few other little things you can go ahead and do, uh, which I thought was a nice little touch. Uh, I just wish there was like one, at least a, a section where you could buy like the best. Uh, equipment, but then when I went to the final boss, I realized it didn't matter because the gameplay style changed and the equipment doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, <laughs> it's like who finds it anyway? What's up? Game's made up and the points don't matter. <laughs> now, I I really liked when you get into the pre-rendered town and you have enough money and you can buy like the ability. What was it? The CD player. Um, <laughs> you can. Because they purposely put like a loading time when you're transitioning between the areas of the town on purpose, like you know, it's a PS1 game. But then you're able to buy an upgrade where you get rid of the loading time. And I, I love those little nods, like all the references, the om- the homages. Uh, I thought were just fantastic. They're, they're purposely done, and it just made the game more fun because you knew that they were enjoying what they were making. I'm surprised no one. <laughs> to be honest with you, it's a cool idea. It is, and I really like the the evolution of it. Like you know, as we all said, you start out in like the monochrome kind of world, left and right, up and down, and then you slowly expand. And it's just fun because it never it never allowed the game to be boring. I mean, for me, like you guys seem to just fly through it. I must have like spent a little time just like searching extra because I think I had about five and a half hours when I beat the game. But to uh. me, it was just. It was constantly moving, and that's what made it so fun because you're always excited to see, like, okay, what's the next evolution of gameplay and video games that they're going to incorporate? And it was just uh, exciting, and that's what drew me in initially because I knew the idea about the game when Super Rare had put it out, but I hadn't played it before. I even didn't play it when it first released from them, so it was still a little while, but 
it just intrigued me enough to just you know rip open the seal put the cartridge in and i was like oh yeah i'm, I'm hooked on the first one like it's it's a fantastic mm-hmm. game yeah and, and we both ripped open the seal and opened the game barry i heard you <laughs> downloaded it yep. I did. I wanted to open it, but the price on the second in market just went too high. And I looked at the eShop, and it was on sale for four ninety nine. Okay. And I said, I said, okay, four ninety nine. I I'm just gonna download it at this point because I have the physical. Yep. If the physical was still like thirty bucks, I wouldn't have cared. I just would have opened it up and played. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, the physical on this is just shooting up in value. Well, Jeff, and now right. I understand. <laughs> with, with with ours, he's gonna have to open up if he wants that challenge. Yes, of course. That's a different story. <laughs> no, uh, yeah. I, however, you get this game, it's worth owning, whether it's you know digitally or physically. To me, you know, I, I said it when I was tweeting about the game. Uh, but honestly, this is probably in the like the the collection itself. You know, one and two are in the top of my like personal favorite Switch games. And you know, For recently sure. when we when we mentioned what game we were going to be playing, I I also said that. George had put out another game that's in my top, which is The Gardens Between. And what's interesting is both of those games are not terribly long. Like, Evil Land 1 and Gardens Between are about the four to five hours, but they're just so great. And I gotta say, he picks good games. (laughs) That's the funny thing is, is that, like, every time now that George posts a game from Super Rare, it's like, you see criticism, but I'm like, have you not played some of these games? Because they're pretty solid. Like, I mean, I don't buy every title from any any company, but I buy a lot of Super Rare. Like, I do. Like, it's some good stuff. Yeah, not to go on a tangent, but like, even old school musical. Like, I, I read about it, and I had heard about the game, and then, you know, they announced it, so I watched the trailer, and I go, wow, it's a rhythm-based, like, RPG game where, you know, as you're doing the, you're, you're matching the beats, you know, the game is playing out. And I started playing it, and it's super fun. And I saw so much criticism because I think people looked at the cover or maybe just saw pictures of it and just immediately got their impression about what they think the game is. But it's a fun game, and uh, that's what I like. His, his games are different. Well, JP, you know the whole uh, saying, don't judge a book by its cover. But that's true. everybody judges a book by its cover. That's why it's the saying. So the thing is is that people like just need to start playing these games. Like, that's why we're doing it on the Playcast. Love Evil End. Play it. Get it. And you Get know it for five bucks. You know, not not for a long time. And I'm really glad that, you know, I was you know, able to do it now. Because this is a game that I, I'm now recommending to other people. Like, you really need to play yep. this. Yeah. And what's really good is uh, uh, Shiro Games, you know, I was tagging them. And they were, you know, responsive and, and talking with me and people commenting on the tweets. So... That's just, you know, it just kind of me, made me love the game even more because it's like, you know, when they're involved with the community, it's just, you know, you feel that connection. Even though you may never meet them and you may not talk to them past, you know, like in these tweets, it's like, oh, wow, like they're listening to the feedback and they're listening to, to people talking about their game. And I thought that was a nice, a nice thing also. I mean, I could give a spoiler alert about Premium Edition games, but that's kind of one of the requirements to uh, for us to work with uh, developers. You got to be uh, cool. You got to be able to co- communicate with us, like, yeah. like for like for real. Like, um, like we haven't worked with Shiro Games, but like they would be a team that's a perfect example. Like they are pa- super super passionate, and we ha- we have like every developer that we're working with. They're all like really cool and awesome <laughs> and. Even, yeah, all the teams. Like, because some of the developers, there's digital publishers, too. And all the digital publishers are cool, too. Like, yeah. Like, it's it's a really fun community. And that's kind of why we're, like, 
the Switch is the system to publish for. And, um, you know, it just shows that there's a lot of really talented people out there, and I don't think that there's enough uh, games physically. Yeah, oh, we need more. Absolutely. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, what about you? What's your take on Evil Land 1? So I didn't remember a whole lot of this until you started to you know, <laughs> stem my, my memories, because it's been, like JP said, it was a long time ago. JP did play it like right around Final Fantasy VII Remake, so... Yep. Um, mine was like before I moved and stuff, so like it was, it was a while ago. I just remember sitting down in one setting. I couldn't put it down. I played it. Um, the couple hours that I put into it was in one sitting, one night, and it was amazing. I do like that it's you know it was a singular experience with a single character. Um, mm-hmm. I liked more the eight bit, sixteen bit style, and then when I went to po- polygons, I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> go back, go back. And I, actually, um, interesting is like a couple of Barry's uh, wants for Evil Land One are definitely in Evil Land Two, and that's mm-hmm. one of the coolest things is that like even my request is like, oh yeah, there's there's time travel now, and I can get both both styles and. There's a bunch of really cool aspects that, like, Evil Land 1 evolved even further. Um, Mm. I did like the walk through history, and basically it was, like, over so soon that I was really glad that there was a second game. Yeah. 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 I agree, because the first one, you know, we call it the tech demo. The second one, that's the fully fleshed out RPG. I, mean, I didn't call a, it a tech demo. I called it an appetizer, JP. Appetizer, yeah. Gets you hungry. Um, Gets you hungry. <laughs> I think what's crazy is I didn't realize how long the second one was because I was at around... No, like, no, I didn't either. I was at like 15 hours, and I'm like, this is a long game. I'm like, the other one was only like five hours. I think I finished it at around 22, 23 hours, and the only oh. reason that I was trying to speed up at the end was because Final Fantasy VII came out and everybody was you know, starting to talk about it, but... There was so much in Evil Land 2. I mean, when you talk about I still got to lay the wallpaper, genre. JP. Oh, did I skip that? I'm just that excited. Well, <laughs> and so the crazy thing was, though, is that, like, so I did play a little Evil Land 2 back when I played Evil Land 1, and I probably put about four hours into it, and I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty fun, and I, I stopped it in a good area. And so when I started it back up, I was like, sweet, I was playing it a little bit. You know, this is after I finished Final Fantasy VII Remake myself, which I finished much later, after mm-hmm. Xenoblade and everything. And um, it was interesting because I was like, oh, yeah, we'll just do Evil... Because I was like, I got about eight hours into, into it now. Like, we'll just do Evil Land for the week. And then JP did never mention it took him over 20 hours. And I'm like, oh, no! <laughs> like, I only got the weekend to play. Like, I, I'm working and I got to to do a bunch of uh, <laughs> premium stuff. So, like, I got pretty dang on far, but, like, I'd say that we want to lay the wallpaper? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, Evil Land 2, a case of space-time continuum disorder. It was released in 2015 um, and is the direct sequel to Evil Land 1. It's, it's, again, an action RPG with tons of different gameplay styles and genres as jp already spoiled um (laughs) classic jp it was released in february 2019 is in the pack um evil land 2 is the spiritual successor 
to Evil Land, which means it didn't t- directly take after it, but then again, Evil Land was just a tribute. Um, and the graphic style similarly change as the player travels through time, and its varied gameplay style is being revealed as the player moves through the storyline, which is really cool. Scenarios based on time travel and different gameplay styles that are linked to the story and player's actions. These gameplay styles play homage to older titles that inspire the developers, which is you could really see like the different types of genres that they really liked. Um, and this game also features a stronger emphasis on narrative than the first. Uh, you play as the character named Kuro, and he's an amnesic boy who is found by a girl named Fina. She has green hair. Uh, the two travel together and meet different characters, including the demon prince Minos and a researcher Velvet, uh, with the ultimate goal of present- preventing, not presenting, preventing the world's destruction and the end of time itself. You use relics known as Magaliths, um, and Kuro and his party can travel between four different time periods, including present day, a past war, a dystopian future, and the era of an ancient civilization. Each mm-hmm. historical setting is rendered in its own graphical art style, including Game Boy graphics, 8-bit graphics, 16-bit graphics, and 3D graphics. By jumping through time, players can change events in the past to alter history and affect the world in the future. Um, the majority of the game's fighting system revolves around the real-time fighting from a top-down angle, which is your Zelda style. Uh, the game will often shift to new genres of play at predetermined points in the story, such as a side-scrolling platform game, a match-three puzzle game, a turn-based RPG, which is absolutely inspired by Chrono Trigger, um, mm-hmm. a vertically scrolling shoot 'em up shooter, and a 2D fighting game, which was like gave me hand cramps, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> during <laughs> during the story campaign, players can also attempt to find hidden items scattered around the world, such as mana <laughs> and oricon ore, to upgrade Kuro and his party, and the store stars that act as bonus collectibles. Additionally, there's a mini game involving cards. <laughs> That one can play as a side quest, and you actually, the players are able to collect new cards by finding them in chess and winning them from opponents. So if you beat them, you get the card. Um, ironically, I, as far as I got, because I'm not going to go on the plot, because, yeah. Um, as far as I got, so I played it about, what, eight hours or so. I never got mm-hmm. to the spot where I could go between all four era, eras yet, like... Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't open up for me yet. Nor could I use my Oricon Ore, because there's this place in the beginning of the game where you can use a blacksmith to upgrade some stuff. I'm like, ooh, let me save because I want this one thing. And I haven't gotten back to him yet. And I'm like, man, it's almost been like 10 hours, and I haven't gotten back to the guy. I want to upgrade my stuff because I found a lot more ores now. Um, so the spot that I'm at now, I just got past, because I didn't mention it in the in the gameplay synopsis, but I got past the Bomberman section. So there's a spot where you're literally dropping down bombs, and they get rid of your sword, and you're literally doing Bomberman. And it's like you meet um, a basically a relative of one of the characters that disappeared, and it's really like it's really cool how the whole story like fuses and floats together and everything. So I'm pretty far. I got past the the I assume it's the first shoot 'em up section, and maybe it's the only. But the shoot 'em up section was super long too. I wasn't expecting it to be that long. <laughs> like that was cool though. I, I did like it. Um, a lot of those extra graphical art styles, or not graphical art style, but the extra um, 
sections that have the different types of genres were like the the 3D graphics, and I was like, I was hoping that you see the other genres in like Game Boy or 8-bit or 16-bit graphics. I don't know because I haven't gotten that far yet, but maybe you guys can enlighten me. Um, let's let let's let Barry go since JP needs to get his mind refreshed too. Yeah. <laughs> so I started this game thinking, oh, I just finished the first. It was like three, three and a half hours. You know, this is going to be short. We're going to do this. Boy, was I wrong. Um, <laughs> this, I think I finished it. Yeah, I think it came to about 16 hours, give or take. Yeah, I left it on a little bit. But it got complicated and crazy and there were definitely some handicaps at the start like like jeff mentioned um about like going between time like that really doesn't open up until later you can only go between time by going to the magiliths it's not until the very end of the game that you can freely go around um yeah and i i did like there were times where like there's a lot of time puzzles where you have to do something in the past to affect the present, etc. And like you have to constantly go back. You have to find like which which Magilith you really want to go to, and then you have to constantly go back there. And and that that kind of got a little tedious. I wish I wish they let you freely go um, a little bit sooner than the very end of the game. And and then really they give it to you at the end of the game just so you can go back and pick up lost stuff. Um, but yeah, the the story was very good. The characters were great. Um, I loved the 8-bit style, and I loved the 16-bit style, and the, the Game Boy. And I loved the fact that it was time-based, so the present is 16-bit, and the past is 8-bit, and the far past is, is uh, Game Boy, and then the future is 3D. But when I first got to the future, I actually had to stop playing for a bit because it made me sick. Because the it's not a flat world. It's like on a globe. So as you move left to right, the whole world rotates. And it was subtle, but it was like enough to trigger a little bit of my vertigo. So and I, I was never like, oh. got sick from playing that game. That game was perfect for me. I was like, oh man, like, I got used to it. Like it was just that initial because the rest of the game is all flat, and now suddenly you go from flat to curved. But once I got past that, I'm like, all right, there's a lot to this game. Barry can't and involve his own his own innards. <laughs> I can't. Like there's other gameplay modes too that 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 press release didn't. There's a Fire Emblem style. Where you're going through turn-based strategy, um, controlling units. I was like, "Wow, this is like really crazy," you know. The the, the puzzle quest section, that which you mentioned, the Bomberman. There's there's like one dungeon where you actually have to do things in the past, present, and future. Like you see that dungeon in all three versions, and you have to, you know, do things in the past to affect the present, to affect the future, and vice versa. It's like Oracle of Ages. Very much like Oracle of Ages. Um, just a lot of cool things and and i didn't even get the, the cards until like halfway through the game and then i fell in love with the card game oh the so, card game was super cool like when they first initially uh introduced it i just walked around the uh the the house or room it was yep. in and i was like just knocking out people i'm like oh this is pretty easy and then you if you go to a, one of the more difficult ones it's like oh yeah no they're not holding your hand anymore <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of strategy so my first question is out of the two card games from each one, which one did you enjoy more? Uh, well, I always loved Triple Triad, but I think Evil Land 2's card game just was more fun overall. Yeah. yeah I, it was more streamlined. I enjoyed the second card game a lot more. And I love that. I mean, 
that alone you could spend hours just playing. Um, and I, I like that it's it really is a fleshed out card game. It's not just like a little like bonus thing that you kind of jump into. I mean, there's a lot of strategy behind the card game, and it, you know, it adds another element to collecting collecting the cards, you know, on your journey, and then going back to the house or or finding people along the way to battle. So that's it's fun when they have those additional uh, games inside the main one. Oh yeah, I was ready to finish the game, and I was like, you know, I only have like. 15 cards or something like that and i really had fun doing that so before even finishing i spent another like three hours just searching and i got all the cards i was just like i'm beating all the opponents like i just <laughs> fell in love with it. so that that tacked on like an extra three hours of you know gameplay just because i was having fun doing that mm-hmm. um there was one section though that that there was another section that did turn my stomach you i don't think you've got there yet jeff but jp might remember there's this section that's in between dimensions kind of deal and the whole world constantly, like, it looks like an old N64 tech demo where, like, hills rise and fall as you move. <laughs> and it's, yep. like, it's like, in, like straight, like, uh, like non-colored, like, wire graphics. And it's just really weird and trippy. And as a cool uh, dimensional puzzle where you can go between Showing 2D your and... age, Barry, that you're young, because we used to play that stuff, like, when... Like, those are, like, classic vector-based graphics. No, this, 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 was, <laughs> this was not like we used to play. This was, like... It was supposed mm-hmm. to be done as, like, a game level in development. Like, that was the whole basis behind it. Like, mm-hmm. this was just still in development. And it was really cool, but it, it did start to get on me a little bit. But thankfully, you only go. We're gonna change your name from No Time Barry to So Sick Barry. (laughs) Tummy Tenders Barry. (laughs) So Sick Barry, Old Man Jeffrey, and Cool Guy JP. Okay, I like these names. (laughs) Um, Yeah, honestly, I recommend this game way more than I thought I would. Like this, Ah. this shot up my top ten RPGs for the system. Like that's how good it is. Way better than I expected. Yeah. What about just from from what you remember? Yeah, you know, everything I remember about the game, I just, I remember fully enjoying it. Just like the first one. I mean, the second is just, the second one, you know what I would have really liked? A strategy guide. And I'm not saying that because we're doing hard <laughs> lots. But these are the games that I remember playing, and I'm like, a guide would be so helpful in certain sections. Because, I mean, it is fun to explore, and what may sound really odd and, and obscure to, like, RPG gamers is that I normally use a guide. So, this is really, I'm not kidding you, like 2020 is like the first year that I've been playing RPGs without a guide and just exploring. And I love doing it. Like, you know, Evil Land 2 was one of those games. But there's sections where I got stuck and I'm just like, okay, I'm playing. I'm, I'm moving around the world. I'm going mm. back and forth in time. And I would just get stuck sometimes. Um, and for me, it's fun for a while, but then it gets frustrating because you're like, okay, I really want to progress the story. And I just, I can't remember like who I talked to or where I need to go or or even like what time period I have to be in. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I thought the game was just insanely fun. I love all the different genres that they introduced really <laughs> seamlessly, and, and everything just kind of just meshed really well together. I mean, these are those games where you really can just take everything, was everything in the kitchen sink and throw it into it, and it works so well. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it really does. And the only thing that I hope for is that we see an Evil Land 3 at some point. Um, because I would just, I would love to see this kind of, of game continue to evolve, no pun intended. But uh, I would love All to see, like, what, what could they do next? You know, I'm going to agree with you on that, JP. There, there's very little to no hand-holding in this game. Yeah. And especially towards the end, you get a quest where you have to get five pieces. Yeah. And they pretty much oh. 
these hints, these vague hints, but then send you on your way. And you yep. have no idea what time period, where to go. And like I was stumbling upon them. I'm like, holy crap, like this uh-huh. I would like some kind of, you know, help on this. And and there was there was, there was a radar you could buy to help with chests and stuff right. and it'll, it'll show you. Um Did either of you I didn't use get an old. online guide or anything? I no, did I, at point. Yeah, I, I did like same same mm. section for I like not that was yet. I never I use a guide because, like, I, I feel like I, I want to just find stuff. And yeah. when I did look at the guide was literally at the end of my weekend, the last weekend, and I'm like, oh, I'm not even halfway through the game. Like, I'm not getting through this. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go back and, and say, work on Premium Edition. <laughs> and I will say there's not too many guides out there. Like, I think I ended up having to use a Steam guide. Um, that wasn't entirely clear as well because it was the same section, Barry. It was those five pieces that mm-hmm. I think like one or two were like fairly like obvious where you needed to go. And then the others, it was, it was a challenge. I mean, that's great. I mean, if you like a challenge, that game will give it to you. Uh, but for me personally, I, I was ready to be like, you know, I've invested 20 hours into this game. I'm ready to finish it on a high note and then go to the next one. So yeah, that part I stumbled a little bit outside of that. I mean, if that's really my only fault is that the game makes you think. I think it's a pretty good game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like even that part of the guide, I was, I was confused. I looked it up, and that part of the guide was even confusing because yep. it didn't even. It's like we're going to go for this now. Here's how to do this. It was just like all over the place. I'm like, what is going on? Um, but yeah, it. There's a lot of uh, a lot of things. That, you're rewarded for going back and exploring things. Yeah. And and that's one thing that's really cool. So you really want to check not only every nook and cranny, but hey, I've already been to this town before, but I've done some other stuff. Go back because there might yep. be an NPC there that you know you might have helped in another section, or you know you might have done something which changed that particular area. So when you go back, there's new characters there, or new new buildings there, or whatever. And sometimes objects just appear. Like there's like there's an upgrade system for your your NPCs, your your helpers, your party members. And like the third level is like super cryptic, especially one of them to upgrade. You have to like go to a town and talk to everybody mm-hmm. after you do a section in the past. You go to the past and you do a whole section. You go to the present, talk to everybody there, and you have to talk to everybody. Then you go to the future, and when you go there in the future, now there's a beam of light that will take you to where you can upgrade them. I'm like, wow, that is cryptic. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I think what's crazy is at the end of the game, they give you a percentage. I think I ended at like 74, 76% completion. And I was just like, I felt like I did a lot. and I, But I know I didn't upgrade all of the different... About like, 75% of it, JP. 75? Yeah, about 75%. Ah. <laughs> I tried 1% higher. <laughs> no, but there's, you know, there was still a lot that I could have done. Uh, I could have upgraded everything, you know, to the max level. I could have done all the cards, um, which is nice. You know, it gives me a reason to jump back into the game at some point. But overall, I mean, fantastic two games. <laughs> I, I missed two stars. And mm-hmm. I'm like, they're probably in some dungeon somewhere that I have to, like, <laughs> go through. And I just don't really feel like doing it. So I got 99%. But uh, Oh, oh it, it was... 99%. So, so sorry. No. Well, the, the cards is what did it. Like, without the cards, I would have been at 75%. I just fell in love with that game. Yeah. I'm just doing it. Because I, I got 15 cards. Like, I was nowhere near. <laughs> nowhere near. <laughs> There's 61 cards. Like, there's a lot of cards. And the the cards really make a difference. Like, if, if you have, like, a crappy deck, and there's no deck building. Like, all 61 cards are in your deck. So it's 100% random what you get pulled. Yeah. So I found that kind of weird. I, I kind of wish you could have at least make a deck. Yep. But, no, you were... You were gonna get the starter cards or the end game cards 
but because it, it's like a magic style game like magic the gathering mm -hmm. but what i think was really interesting if you've ever played magic before you pull your starter hand and you have like a card that takes like 10 mana you're like oh i'm not gonna be able to cast this for a while this is sitting in my hand in this game you you only get three cards per turn but you have to get rid of your cards so mm -hmm. if you Play it you turn it into mana so you can like you know discard that 10 mana cost and get like five mana that now you could use to cast something else and i thought that was a really brilliant way of just keeping the game flowing mm -hmm. i agree i'm surprised no one's thought of that beforehand or if they have i don't i haven't seen it <laughs> mm -hmm. so jeff overall what did you think oh, i think it's a must known for the system like it's yeah. a really cool game i enjoyed it um, didn't cheat and use a guy like you two to get your high percentages, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I thing is, still got seventy five percent. Yeah, everybody, everybody enjoys gaming their own way. I like to do blind playthroughs though. That's just like what I like to do. Um, mm -hmm. just because. But the thing is, realistically, I probably should use the guide and I would have got further. Like, I yeah. mean, it is what it is. Because I just, I don't have a ton of time to play games right now because my focus is elsewhere. But I agree with you on blind playthrough. It's just. For me, when, when I get to a point where I'm getting a little frustrated because I don't know what to do and I have no direction, that's when I'll pull up a guy. That's when you cheat. Yeah, that's when you get <laughs> <laughs> Well, fortunately, when we do our releases, you'll be able to cheat all day with our guys. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Which is per by, by design. Um, so, we didn't really talk about what game we're going to do next, but JP, did you have a poll for this game? I think you did. Yes, I did. Uh, so let me pull that and up. I, and I have a great idea because for a game, while you pull that up, um, sure. I figure since we're doing the releases, we should keep simple, simple games instead of having twenty-hour RPGs. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, thought, I thought it was going to be easier. Um, so the recommendation for next week is Doctor Kirishima's Brain Training. Oh, the rarest nice. Nintendo Nintendo published game because it didn't come out in the U.S. for some reason. Don't know why, but yeah, um, I'd say let's play that and let's see who is the uh, has the youngest brain at the end. Okay, I like that. That's a <laughs> good challenge. All right, we could do that. Yeah, and that means everybody is listening too. Like, see who has the youngest brain. You have awesome. to uh, you have to post pictures and tag us. Tag the Switchman yes. Playcast, and we'll we'll see who's the the youngest out of the community. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So for the poll, I asked if uh, who's played Evil Land One and Two, and if you have comment, and we'll read it. So we do have some responses. We had sixty-one people take part in the vote. Uh, Thirty-six point one percent of people said yes, they played the games. Uh, Sixty-three point nine percent said no. So as always. I hope after listening to our playcast, you're going to go either buy it or download it uh, and give it a shot. Five dollars so, to download. Barry approved it. So <laughs> normally I would read the feedback, except the feedback was essentially, sorry, guys, but what is this poll for? And then I explain what the poll was for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so we did. I, I think I think you didn't put did you play it? <laughs> like I think it was just like, yes or no. That's all I, I said. said. I said comment below. Yeah, maybe I comment below. <laughs> we'll read your replies. On the show, you know, after doing so, for read the read the replies. Did did you? What what is All this right. for? What is this for? What is this? All for? right, sorry guys. What is this poll for? And I said, each week on the playcast, we have our game of the episode. We do a poll to see who's played it already, and if you have, to leave some feedback on your thoughts. We then read the results and feedback on the show. So they said, "Hey JP, while I have you here, have you ever purchased games from Skybound? I have my Untitled Goose game pre-ordered from them." 
but it looks like if I canceled it and pre-ordered from Amazon, I'll get it much faster. I what love do it. Think I should do. So I said, and that's when I stopped I said, reading the Twitter earlier because I was like, it's so dumb. I said, I've ordered from them before. It's mainly a preference thing. I personally will keep it with Skybound as I can support them directly. So then he said, I can wait a few more days. I just hope it's not something where it's a lot longer because you know mail, LOL. If you're saying they're a good company, I'll just leave it. Thanks, man. Who was, who was that that wrote that? You no, we're going to leave it anonymous. Um, oh. <laughs> I will say we need to start a Dear JP section. Dear JP. Dear JP. My we switch still, is uh is We still starting. haven't done the sad the the sad music uh mean tweets about uh pre rendition yet. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm keeping it positive. <laughs> and also I don't keep track of them. Um Honestly, although I yeah, will I say this it. much. Um there was one that actually came up that I actually found uh it's the first time I've ever seen this feedback on a giveaway. So I'll I'll lay the quick wallpaper, but on the premium edition games twitter channel which is premium edition one we're giving away a 20 dollars eShop gift card right now mm-hmm. this is a little hey we're in the neighborhood now come check us out so it goes until august 29th which is saturday and then we'll pick the winner and we'll give them a 20 dollars eShop code uh for their region of choice so i'll you know i'll purchase it once i know where they're from but there was somebody who literally said um i'm gonna pull it up because i don't ever want to do something for verbatim um Oh, there it is. Okay, so here is what I wrote. I said, want a $20 eShop gift card? Just give us a follow, like, and retweet. Super easy, open to all regions. And they respond, no, thank you. I prefer physical. So then I respond back. I'm like, then you might like our next giveaway we do, Winky Face. And then they followed us. But Let's I'm, it's get a, physical. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever seen someone like, nah, I don't need that. I'm good. I mean, good for them. I'm glad they support physical. I just thought it was a little odd. Um, I mean, but way, there's also like if you support physical and you like games like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, a twenty dollars gift card could maybe get you a season pass or something that they're not going to put on cart. And also, even better, if you like digital, it could help pave the way for a physical. I mean, that is true because the more games get supported and pop up, and the more oh, yeah. like it shows interest in games too, and more people right. can see them. Yep. Absolutely. So someone someone is going to win that. But tonight on the JP Switch Mania Twitter channel, I'm doing another giveaway for a $20 eShop code. So you have two chances to win. Uh, mine ends tonight, and the Premium Edition one ends tomorrow night. So two chances. Uh, check it out. And then, of course, we're going to be doing, and I think people know at this point, our big Animal Crossing console giveaway that's going to be starting in the next week or so on the premium edition channel so if you're not following us yet i highly recommend you do because it's not just going to be the console we're giving away it's going to be a really nice giveaway yeah and it's like it's going to be like share stuff and do some cool stuff and you can win a full nintendo switch console it's insane yeah and and of course some games too you know i I think we could probably help them out with one game at least Uh, to get them started (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we can get them trolling eye. Uh. Yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, read. We, we must not like the winner very much. No, I'm just kidding. That's a <laughs> fantastic. Must love the winner. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, there's more. Whoa. <laughs> no, so, uh, yeah, so thank you to everybody who took part in the poll. Uh, thanks to Hero <laughs> Games for making Evil Land 1 and 2. Thanks to Super Rare for making it physically. Uh, we had a blast playing it. Yeah, absolutely. And join us next 
next week as we uh, see who has the youngest brain of the group. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it should be fun. should be fun. So now should we backpedal to news or should we talk about what we got in the mail? I didn't get a whole lot, so that would be a quick session for me. Um, um, I, I, I like saving it for the end if that's okay. With the news or? No, the what we got. Pickups. Okay. I kind of want to talk about, you know, another presentation that just literally popped up out of nowhere. Cool. Uh, so we'll do ago. so so we'll do that on last. So Barry, what kind of news do you have? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were, you know, you mentioned the presentation. I, I, I did, thought right? Talk about the the what the wonderful snack. The wonderful snack. All right, you're going to have to talk about that one. Yeah, there's um Wonderful games they put on that little wonderful direct. Do you remember? Uh, oh, the one you mentioned it. I did not get to watch that, so why don't you give us the recap? There was only two games for the Switch. Um, it was like a dating game, and uh, that garden story was shown off. Mm-hmm. The rest of the stuff shown off was, you know, definitely interesting Steam uh, titles. A lot of it was like wish list on Steam. Uh, I'd like to see some of it come to um, come to the Switch, but. They, they had a lot of segments where the developers were talking about their games, which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I always like to hear from the the, 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 the developers. And I don't know, I just think it's, it's really interesting. It seems like with E3 gone this year, so many, you know, groups are now just doing their own thing. And they're, like, following in Nintendo's footsteps. Like, Nintendo was years at, you know, ahead of everybody else. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, we're doing our own thing. Like, this was their Nintendo Direct Mini kind of deal. Yeah, just like our premium edition direct. Yeah. So I, I thought that I was like really good. Just to just see and that that also just kinda of popped up out of nowhere. I was like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. So Very why cool. don't we talk about a little one that Nintendo decided to put up? Because, you know, but last week we had the the indie show uh, world showcase mm-hmm. and now we have a partner direct that which that, is funny that all the rumors kept saying oh we're gonna have a nintendo direct next week everything points to it yep they did one could. they did one it was the nintendo partner direct gotcha now <laughs> what happens if they do the triforce trifecta and next next week we see the Nintendo Direct drop that everybody is still expecting in September. I mean, can you imagine three weeks in a row of just these announcements? You go from nothing to just, like, overload. There and it all started with our game release, and then yeah. we got our game release, and then we got the the Nintendo the Mini, and, and then we got yeah. up, and then we got this one. Now it's up to time for Nintendo to take our lead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're welcome, every. No, I'm just kidding. Um, You're welcome, so- says JP. <laughs> yeah. So if you watch this, um, we'll talk about. How about we talk about our feedback at the end? We'll go through yeah. it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, through I'll it. list off what they announced because it was about 11 minutes of of titles, and uh, we'll just go through it quickly, and then you know we could just kind of summarize and talk about it. But it started off with Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory, which is going to be launching November 13th, and yes, there is a physical. Uh, it's up for pre-order on Amazon and GameStop right now, and it's great that we're getting our first Kingdom Hearts game, even though it is a, a rhythm-based game, but it's a start, so I will take it. Um, the next one that they've shown, we've seen it before, but it's called Fuser, where you're dropping different music tracks, and you're fusing them together to get a high score. It looks looks cool. Uh, that drops fall 2020, uh, and it will be getting a physical as well. Then we got 
Taiko no Tatsujin Rhythmic Adventure Pack. Two games on one pack. The and drumming it's, it's game. The, it's the Taiko game that's an RPG, which I think is awesome. Yeah, so the Taiko games are your rhythm-based, like, Guitar Hero with a drum. It's like Drum Hero yeah. almost. But then this is what, like, RPG, where you have, like, little minions, almost like Pokemon and stuff in one of the games? Yeah, you're, you're fighting by still playing with the drums. Yeah. Um, and it, it looks cool. We don't know yet if there's a physical. Um, if I had to guess, I know we got the Taiko no Tatsujin in the UK and in Japan and Asia, whereas we just got it digitally here. There's always a chance that they could drop it in another region. Um, and we at least know that the first one supported English. So I'm really hoping that if we don't get a physical in the US, it'll pop up somewhere. But it's coming out winter 2020. I kind of want a cheaper version of the drums. The drum was always so expensive. That's why I didn't get it yet. And yeah, I, I actually guess. would like buy the original too. Yeah. Give I us a multi-pack, that. Nintendo. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, in, in the UK, they did uh, a combo pack with the drum and the game, and then they sold the drum separately, I know, in Japan, uh, because I bought it off of PlayAsia, but they actually apparently just put it up on the Bandai Namco store, and I think it may be $70 just for one drum, um, oh. but it's by Hori, so you know it's good quality, but yeah. it is expensive just for the drum on its own. Um, so the next game is a free-to-play, and it was available... Um, right after the presentation, but it's called World of Tanks Blitz. Oh, I've never okay. played it, but I'm guessing I'm looking at the pictures in the gameplay. You, your your tanks fighting each other. Uh, yeah, it looks a, cool. It's one of those big mobas. Yeah. Um, then one that I'm excited for is Big Rumble Boxing Creed Champions. Uh, it's coming out spring 2021, and you can tell by the name it's going to be Rocky, and it's going to have all the character or actor characters i'll say so you've got creed you've got clubber lang you've got adonis you've got rocky and it looks fun i mean i don't think it's it's ivan quite drago. don't forget oh ivan drago and you got victor drago um so you have pretty much all the main main guys from both the creed series and the rocky series and the fighting actually looks fun it looks arcadey which is perfectly good enough for me um and we're getting a boxing game so if i can't get fight night on the switch I want this one. I want Punch-Out on the Switch. Yeah. Like, new Punch-Out. So, the next one is, my guess is probably one that is maybe the most favorite of the announcements, but it's the Collection of Saga Final Fantasy Legend. Absolutely. It's it's Legends 1, 2, and 3 from the original Game Boy. Uh, Three classic handheld RPGs coming to the Switch. They've added a new high-speed mode. They've added a special anniversary song. It's coming out digitally right now on December 15th. Um, everybody's wondering if, you know, the other regions are going to get it physically. As of right now, on the Square Enix Japan store, they have an exclusive physical release, but it's with a download code, not an actual cartridge. So JP um, would buy it. No, you know what? I was looking at the pictures to see if it's still a case, maybe with, like, a code inside, but it looks like it's just a piece of paper and... That warrants me not to get that one, but I'm going to hold out hope that maybe the Asia region will get this, or maybe even will get it at a later date, like they did with the um, Mana series. Um, but Still either way... a weird follow release. <laughs> yeah, and I... Uh, yeah, I guess so. It is. Yeah. Cause, Stop yeah, making just, me think, because I'm going to go order it now. It's gross. It's, I mean, it's really, I, I don't like it, because, like, the, you know, you also had the card release for Sonic Mania, the original, and that was a weird physical. And then still with yeah. the giant box, but there was no case. And I'm like, yeah, it's gross. It's gross when they do that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, and I will say, like, for this, I don't know, like, it could just be me, but, you know, you have Square Enix's name on the game. Make a physical. It's going to sell. I mean, they could do what they did in the UK with, uh, I think it was, was it Lost Fear or Onanaki? But they just did it, you know, they kept it limited to their store. You could do that. Just do a 5,000 print run. This game will sell. I mean, we have so many people grew up with the Game Boy Legend series. I know I did that I would absolutely love to have this physically, and I'm sure other people would. The Square European stores, they will not ship to the United States. No, but we'll find a way to get it. JP always finds a way. (laughs) I will find a way. No, so the next game may have even topped all my hype for the other ones. It's Mm. Just Dance 2020. I like how you cut out there for that one. That was perfect. (laughs) Kicked him out time everyone it's time for the internet yeah we hey, have J- hey jp hold on the uh cut out, it cut out because we've been recording for an hour and it wanted to go to my internet now so no yeah so i missed all your just dance 2021 talk oh <laughs> i was like oh Probably perfect time and so so the listeners are here oh perfect time for jp to cut out because my internet switches over everyone <laughs> happened last week too it is an hour mark we're good though we can continue all right so the bigger hype than those other previous games is just dance no it's not we already established you broke the internet with the first time jp jeez <laughs> i did but it's coming out in time for my birthday uh, it's Aww. coming out November 12th. There is a physical. There's more music, more characters, more dancing. So look out Ooh. for that one. Uh, <laughs> next is Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. It has all modes from the original game plus new ones. It's coming out December 8th, and there is a physical. It's already up for pre-order on Amazon and GameStop. It's a launch edition, so it has some you know physical goodies inside the box. Uh, and if you like Puyo Puyo Tetris, you're probably going to like this one. Um, the next one is Minecraft Dungeons Creeping Winter DLC, available mm-hmm. in September. Yep, so, and uh, London and I will be playing that because we got um, the DLC packs when we bought it downloadable when it was released. So it'll be nice. fun. So the next two games that they announced are two games that actually just came out today, uh, and I got them in and I absolutely love them. It's Jump Force Deluxe Edition and Captain Tsubasa Rise of New Champions, both from Bandai Namco. Uh, Captain Tsubasa is literally an anime soccer uh, series, and I played a little bit of it. This is the soccer game we've been waiting for. It is awesome. I love the overpowered moves, the -the over-the-top gameplay. Um, And all we really had was FIFA. We have Street Power Soccer and maybe we have like kitty games like bundled with you know other ones for a soccer. But this is, I think, the first real fun soccer game on the Switch. So if you like anime, if you like soccer, you're probably gonna like this one. And then of course with Jump Force, you've got over 50 characters from the different Shonen series: Dragon Ball, One Piece, uh, Hunter X Hunter, uh, JoJo Bizarre Adventure, uh, Hokuto no Ken, you know, Fist of the North Star. So. You can never really go wrong when you get all these anime characters fighting each other. The one thing I will say, uh, I, I started playing it. There was some lag during the cutscenes. Like, it felt very choppy. But when I actually got into the gameplay, it felt fairly smooth in handheld mode. So it didn't look like it transferred over into the actual gameplay. Um, it's so but weird I, that they would have choppy in the video. <laughs> like, it, you know what? Like, you expected in the beginning, because Frieza's, you know, destroying, I guess, what, it's New York City. You have Goku there. And as they're, like, fighting and shooting off their, you know, power attacks, it's, like, 
it's it's not smooth and then it kind of takes you away from to like oh why is this not looking that good and it you know makes you worry what happens when you get into the fighting but the fighting i didn't really know this much or i didn't really notice lag so uh thankfully that should be okay and i will say for both captain two boston and jump force it did have a download that um that it hadn't made me do when i popped in the cartridge so it doesn't look like it's complete on cart for you completionists Weird. I mean, the thing that was cool about that, and I disconnected real quick for the listeners, so JP's probably talking and not realizing, but um, it's it had a lot of Julie. criticism to it. Yeah, JP, I said you were probably talking because I switched over my internet again. Um, but the the interesting <laughs> thing is, is that it had a lot of criticism with Jump Force, like with the other yep. systems. So it'll be interesting to see how it holds up on the underpowered switch. All right, go ahead. And yeah. Continue. Yeah, I do need to play more to really say. I mean, I don't have a comparison because I didn't play it on the PS4 or the other consoles. But uh, yeah, I'm curious to see you know other people in the community what they think about it. And then the last one that they had announced or shown was Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles Remastered Edition. Mm-hmm. It came out digitally on the 27th in Japan. It got a physical, but it only supports Japanese, no English for some reason. Um, so we're as of now we're not getting a physical. We probably won't. But I I haven't read too much into it. But the reviews have not been favorable. Uh, really? Because you think it would be super cool to play like online with friends or something. Mm-hmm. I... I've seen I've seen low scores. Um, I wish I could pull it up. But like IGN gave it a low score. Some of the other sites gave it you know mid range scores. I need to read a little bit more to see what they didn't like. Unless you you read Barry. I didn't really read all the reviews. I know I got terrible reviews overall. And I, one of the biggest complaints is when the gamer first came out in the GameCube, it was touted around multiplayer. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Like, that was the big selling point, the Game Boy Advance and hook up with the cables. So with a game so focused on multiplayer, you would think they would get the multiplayer right, but they didn't. <laughs> Not only does it have no local at all, you can't play local. So if you wanted to play like with your wife... You each have to have a Switch. You each have to have a copy of the game, and you're playing it online, uh, which is ridiculous because you're right there. Like so that's that's the whole point. <laughs> and then you have uh, the other thing is, I the game from what I understand, and I could be incorrect, but like there's a certain amount of progress you need to do, and like your progress is not like if you go on an adventure you say it's for you but it doesn't say for other people so you have to do like the same dungeon like four times one for each character and it's like that, that's ridiculous it should just be like one caravan that everyone gets into this way you don't have to all right let's keep doing it four times for everybody you know that that's just needless padding yeah no needless i agree with that is padding <laughs> so so that was the 11-minute uh, partner showcase. Uh, so let's just go around really quick, and why don't you give us your quick thoughts? So, Jeff? Uh, so I watched it, like, much later and kind of fast-forwarded through the games that I wasn't super interested in. Um, so really, I only focused on um, the Final Fantasy Legend trilogy, which is super cool-looking. I liked how it has, like, still keeps the smaller... Game Boy mm-hmm. screen in the middle of the Switch pad with a little control like background and stuff, um, but like everything else was kind of like okay to me. Like mm-hmm. there wasn't anything that was like super like mind melting, face melting, like crazy. Hopefully some of these games come out and kick some butt. Um, I am not a big fan of the Captain Suba series <gasps> um, because. Captain 
I literally had to write about all the garbage versions on the Famicom <laughs> and the Super Famicom, and I may not uh, enjoy them too much. But um, now you're going to enjoy t- talking about a good one. Maybe. Maybe I will. Maybe. <laughs> but we'll see. But yeah, that's the thing, though, is it like, so I, I'm kind of scarred <laughs> from that, those. <laughs> um, the jump series seems cool, but again, like, it's got um criticized a lot on the other the modern or the modern consoles or whatever you want to call mm-hmm. them. um so i mean it was kind of underwhelming overall but again it was only 11 minutes so it's not bad not no. bad for 11 minutes and we got new games so can't really complain and jp has his just dance 2021 so ah uh-huh. there you. is that there is that jp can breathe now i, I can breathe Look, you know what? it's a fun series i like it a lot I was just waiting for Panty Party 2, and it didn't happen. Not um, happen. Um, one question one... I had is, so you had the Puyo Puyo Tetris 2, but we still didn't yes. get that Tetris, or the Puyo Puyo Championship outside of the uh, Japan, so mm-hmm. it's interesting that we, we're seeing a Part 2 already coming over without the, yeah. the mid-game coming. Yeah, that's true. I will say, though... Uh, Better than any of those games, there's one coming out called Fantasy Friends, and it has unicorns and panda bears that fly in the sky with a rainbow behind a mushroom house. I can't wait for that physical. Ironically, as even my eight-year-old, she didn't like that stuff. Like, uh, <laughs> she's like, uh, nah. She's missing out on some quality titles. And I'm not kidding. This game is, is, is coming out physically in the U.S. called Fantasy Friends. And people are complaining about Super Rare Games' choice of physicals. Like, those games are great. This one... Awesome. JP's going to have it day one. You know, you just said don't judge a, a book by its cover. I said everybody does. And I, you didn't explain the cover. You didn't explain the cover at all to me. You just said the game style, and the game style sounds like it's uh, oh, no, J- I, I right didn't up just JP. explain the cover. There's a rainbow behind the mushroom house with a unicorn oh, and a okay. and a bear. I, I, I said all this. Oh, so they're programming <laughs> you into the game. Okay. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I have my five-year plan. It was, you know, become part of the Switch community, publish some physical games, make some games, be in a game. That, those are my life goals right there. So what you're saying is that we're either going to get Racing with JP, we're going to get Unicorns with JP, or Just Dance 2022 is oh going to feature JP. Listen, don't give me, don't give me false hope. I, I like all of those ideas. I mean, you are the Carly Simon of the Switch Mania Playcast. Could could you imagine? <laughs> maybe we'll change it from racing with JP to like, I don't know, something with JP. But can you imagine all of our little character, you know, models after all of us and people from the community? That would probably be just game of the year right there. Just dance with JP. Oh my <laughs> god! You could see me like. Oh my god, I have such bad dance moves. And it'd be like and every single be one JP. of those dancers, they just put JP's face on it and moving around <laughs> like terribly Photoshop. No, they'll just have as an, as an extra character, but every time you like move your right hand for it, it moves the left instead. It's like everything's <laughs> opposite. And as all the JP heads are bobbing around, you have the Barry Teletubby cloud going by on the top. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have a better game talking with JP. Can you talk faster than me? No, you can't. Like well, that's a challenge. That is a challenge. Can, can you overload your computer's <laughs> internet by talking so fast that it breaks the internet? Oh my gosh! <laughs> it hasn't happened to anyone yet. <laughs> um, not today on the playcast. <laughs> so, 
Was there any other uh, news, Jeff or Barry, that you saw this week that you want to talk about? I had one. Go Jordan. for it. Finished watching High Score on Netflix. Oh, and nice. it was so cool. And like, there was one spot where I was, because I was watching it like either at night or in between, like making stuff or playing Evil End Two over the weekend. And then like JP sends me a picture. He's like, "Did you see this part?" And it was like uh, my buddy Chris Tang, and he happens to mention the Tetris World Championships that I'm calling the uh, finals with. And you might be able to hear my ah part of my voice for a split second because <laughs> I was part of that meme <laughs> the boom Tetris for Jeff I was the the piecemeat places and part of where it was like ridiculously dumb because they showed the meme on the the episode and it's so funny but um I thoroughly liked high score a lot of the historians that I know were complaining about it because it like didn't cover Ralph Bear or didn't cover this extra stuff that they thought was super important about gaming history but what I liked was is that they didn't go in order of time. They literally went with interesting people that they did interviews with and formed mm-hmm. stories around them. And this is season one, so they could absolutely do another season where they talk about Ralph Bear or something else. And it was like number one on Netflix over the weekend, too, at one point. So it's absolutely interesting enough to the point where even some of my coworkers were talking about it this week, and I'm like, ooh, maybe I should play my nerd cred. And I'm like, no, no, I will not. <laughs> <laughs> Until we all started talking about this Star Trek game made out of ASCII at work, and then they all started piping <laughs> in. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're all way nerdier than me. Okay, I can talk now. <laughs> like, they were going into Colossal Cave Adventure and Zork, and they are like, oh, yeah. you. I was like, ooh, all right. <laughs> Time to level up. But um but yeah, it is a super cool um delve and a little peek into the history and the stories and it's kinda what I really enjoy too, because like when I'm doing even my compendiums for books, it's like our history growing up with it, or when we do the <laughs> the history portions with our strategy guys where we talk to the developers, it's like the small piece of history and what, what inspires them. It was like what inspires those creators and like it was I loved it. It was awesome. What did you guys think? I'm on episode four right now, so I'm in the beginning of the Sega Nintendo War. Uh, so I'm I, I'm loving the series, and I really do like what you said that they're not just going chronologically, but they you know they kind of start with Atari and they're moving forward, and then it jumps to the idea of the the role playing game, the Dungeons and Dragon era where it all started, and you know making choices. And I really love learning more about that because. One, I, I didn't really grow up playing Ultima and, and all those kind of games. It was really interesting with the developer talking about how he saw that people were acting very evil in the game. So I I forget which, like number four in the series, I forget which one it was, but he decided to make consequences. So you can rob from this guy, but you're never going to be able to get the sword that you need later on. And I really like that, you know, like he had that mindset to like watch how people were playing the game and, and change it. And you that's really interesting because you see that, those like, kind of games. Like, it's kind of common now where you have the, the Zelda dichotomy use and that, the choices that you can make. Zelda used that in Link's Awakening where you can, like, steal the, um, mm-hmm. you can steal in the game and then they call you thief the rest of the game <laughs> in Link's Awakening. So funny. When you walk in there again. Mm-hmm. You do. But, um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to finish it. I just got a little sidetracked because I got 
very engrossed into uh, Better Call Saul Season 4, and I can't stop watching that right now. Uh, but I'm going to finish this week uh, high score. How about you, Barry? Yeah, uh, we just finished it last night. Uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, what I'm going to say is yeah, I've heard the same type of criticisms, and I, and I had those same criticisms going in, like, oh, they're not going to cover everything. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my father about it because he also happened to watch it and said, you know, what you're saying makes sense, but what they're doing is they're making it for the common man. Mm-hmm. They're making it entertaining for the people who may not necessarily be interested in gaming history, but want to get into it or, you know, so they are telling those stories. When I thought about it from that perspective, I really enjoyed it. Um, I like that they did segmented chapters, you know, each cha- it's not chronological in order. In fact, the last episode actually goes back to, you know, the earliest mm. video games. Yeah. Um, but I like that they do tell a couple stories in each episode and there's still so much to tell. They only go up to 1993, I believe. Like, they don't talk about anything else past that. They show some scenes, but... I, I, I love the history behind Doom as well. That was oh, so yeah. cool. Was great. So cool. Oh, yeah. I, How I they really were, like, it. literally sitting there programming in a dark basement with, like, heavy metal blaze. And I can just imagine them coding, like, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I've literally written books like that. <laughs> like, like some of my some of my books, I'm just sitting here listening to, like, metal music. Or I'll listen to, like, a soundtrack of, uh, of like, Genesis games while I'm working on my complete Genesis book. Or, like, completely relate with that. It's so cool. Or how about the fact that they sent out the press release before they even started the game? <laughs> that this is going to be the best game of all time. Um, they weren't so, wrong. No, no, it was it was very good, though, like overall. And I do hope for a season two. And I hope they, they tackle a lot of the stuff they didn't get to yet from mm-hmm. the beginning to 93. And I hope they do go into, you know, past 93. There's, there's a lot they can do with this. And oh, if they yeah. play their cards, they, they can make, you know, 10, 20 seasons just mm-hmm. by telling these individual stories. Because... You know what? What we try to do here with premium, with with telling the developer stories and letting them speak, and and getting letting letting the player base get to know them. That's kind of what this series is. It really is. Hey, here you're gonna hear the story behind Doom. You're gonna hear the story behind Star Fox. You're gonna hear the story behind Sonic and Final Fantasy. And you know, you know Donkey Kong and like all this stuff. Like I think that's great. Pac Man is in there, and that's what draws a lot of people into the game because the stories behind uh, not only the games but the characters and there's a lot of really cool ideas there yeah i will say that what was interesting was is like talking with chris afterward and he's like it's so crazy because he's like if he would have known how big this documentary would have been he's like i would have taken it more seriously that's what he said <laughs> like i was like no dude because you did it like you did it it made it legendary like he's completely himself on camera when he was doing that and it's so much better because he did it like that yeah i think my favorite part had to be when you see toys r us really quickly with the ticket cards mm-hmm. and i'm just like oh man i remember going there and buying like nes and super nintendo games mm-hmm. and and taking the cards to the counter and I was just like, ah, it looks like Nostalgia Lane. It's the coolest. I, I, yeah. When they were doing the violent video games and they were showing the ESRB, you know, creation, mm-hmm. the, the the whole Senate hearing, I'm kind of a little upset that they didn't show, they showed Howard Lincoln, but they didn't have Howard Lincoln's famous saying of Night Trap will never appear in Nintendo console because they show a clip right. from Night on the Switch with limited <laughs> run. And that would have been fantastic to have both of them in there. If I ever, I did we meet Howard Lincoln at at the 
Wisconsin show? Was he JP, there? JP, turn in your nerd cred. No, we met Howard Phillips from Howard and Nestor, and who was the playtester oh. for the NES. Howard Lincoln yes. is the oh, lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. Take away your nerd creds, JP. I'm sorry. Well, either way, I'm going to meet him, and I'm going to get him to sign my Night Trap case. He won't know it's the Night Trap case, because it may just be like a different game, but I'll switch it out at later. Well, why don't you have him sign the actual inlay, the actual cover art? Sure. Be- guess I could try that. If it's on the plastic, you could just rub off. That's true, too. All right. I'll have to think more about this one. <laughs> ah, you didn't think that out too well. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's classic. Uh, yeah, it was a really fun series. Um, can't wait to see what they do with the next. Look, make more. We want more of all of the things. Nice. All that right, was so, that was my main thing. All right. Well, before we go into our game pickups, we do have the dollar challenge. Oh yes. my god! Oh my and god! That I probably failed because I played a second of it. Uh, yeah, second. Second. That's literally what I had was to download it and turn it on. And I'm just like, okay, no more time. I'm too busy. Did, did we get any feedback about who won last week? Yeah, it was me. I think I. It was oh. me. <laughs> Jeff, wanted... I think it was an autocorrect. I think they typed in JP, and it somehow came up Jeff for some reason. With their voice, they typed that in. That's correct. Well, you, you know, it's it's it happens. Well, yeah. you were supposed to the recording, right? Yeah, yeah no, uh, yeah. Since I uh, deleted all the the multiple <laughs> thousands of, of feedback thousands. that we've gotten, um, we all win by default. And um, I'll go first since it's sure. amazing. Um, so the game I picked is gonna win for the cheapest game of all time. It is Pocket Mini Golf, and it was free. <laughs> well, you Dev- can't beat that. Can be free. I was. Developed by Cubic <laughs> Cubic Games, and is literally an overhead uh, mini golf game. A pl- play with uh, up to four players has a horrible user score. <laughs> um, it's time for some fun mini golf. Sit back and relax and score some holes. Fancy some multiplayer with friends? We've got you covered. Up to four players on one console. <laughs> Gameplay is quite easy. Hold, aim, and release. The perfect trick shot. Um, so. The one thing I didn't really like about this game is, is like you, you uh, literally uh, hold and release to do your perfect trick shot, right? But like you couldn't really get a gauge on how far the shots would go. So like when you have these big hills and stuff, like I literally was having to shoot at it multiple times until I could get like over the hill, and then you go too far, and it jumps over, and you gotta go back. And if you uh, at any time like hit off the wall or anything, it does like a game over. Um, <laughs> And there's bonus diamonds, and because it's free, like, you have to use diamonds to restart and all that stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not restarting from where I was. And then I stopped playing, because I didn't quite play for one second, but I played for a little bit. Um, for free, it was great, um, but it was not an experience that I would play more than one setting. Uh, so I definitely wouldn't recommend it, but it was free! <laughs> there's 50 levels total, so. Since it's addictive gameplay, not really. Not, <laughs> not as Jeff is playing it on the side right now, can't stop. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> all right. Looking at I my guess... switch right now, that's plugged in. <laughs> Jeff's like delete, delete. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'll go next. I picked a game called The Child's Sight. It's mm. um, published by Forever Entertainment. Yep, and it's typically five dollars, but if you have one of their like seventy games. It's only fifty cents, right? Or forty nine cents. So technically, Ooh. it's 
49 cents for me. And I'm going to read the description. Discover lost moments through the eyes of a baby as you explore what remains in the attic, slowly unraveling the story of what happened to you while lying in the crib unaware and innocent. With every minute as you explore, you will remember more. Um, so it's a it's a horror game. First person. It's essentially a point and click free roaming. So you move around wait, the attic. Wait, JP, and- did you get a game or was that you literally waking up every day this week? remembering what we did for premium edition games oh my god <laughs> i wake up i see just face oh my god oh my god <laughs> nightmares nightmare fuel nightmare. um i so i played approximately five minutes of this game uh you start off in the attic chapter one and you're walking around picking up a doll you're picking up another doll and then you click on the crib and then you you know go back into like a baby i guess because you're in first person and you're as tall as the crib and you have to keep this like mobile like going with the light on, and I have no idea what to do. And all of a sudden, this creepy man face just goes through the bars, scares the <laughs> crap out of me, and then it says you died or game over. And I'm like, well, that's enough for me. It's a picture uh, of Barry as a Teletubby in a cloud. <laughs> <laughs> there is custom features. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it. I will say it. It is atmospherically creepy. Uh, I would be wanting to play a little bit more because I'm, I'm I am curious like what the whole point of the story is because I guess when you start off you're an adult because when you're walking around you know you're taller and then you kind of jump back and forth but so far I have no idea what's going on and that creepy guy just scared the poop out of me so I'm gonna take a little breather go back to Captain Tsubasa uh, maybe I'll I'll try again but uh, it's only 49 cents if you own one of the many Forever Entertainment games so 49 cents is not too bad. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I am going to tie with Jeff on the cheapest game because mine was also free. Mm. Uh, it was, you know, if you had a couple of their other games, uh, it was free. Normally it's four ninety nine, mm-hmm. and the game is called Perseverance. It's from Cool Small Games. And uh, as this really cool artistic style as a visual novel with, you know, actual... Uh, choices that that affects the story i'm like oh i like this kind of stuff it has a little bit of a horror kind of theme which i'm not usually good with but i'm like you know what let's let's give this a shot so Mm -hmm. i start the game off and it has you you play his character jack and he's going hunting and like you know he wants to take his daughter and he's having a fight with his wife because his wife's like oh you know your your daughter's only 11 she shouldn't go out there and and shoot animals and he's like oh well i need to train her and make her better and you have a choice to like continue the argument or actually like you know apologize because you know he it gets really bad like in the argument like he's like well you know i wouldn't be taking our daughter if you gave me a son because she had a miscarriage and like i was like wow this is pretty nasty you know what a fight um and then the daughter's like, oh, yeah, I didn't even want to go hunting. I don't like shooting animals. I just want to, you know, just just spend time with you. That's all I want. But did you really want a son instead of me? And I'm like, oh, man, like now this is like what a depressing start. So like you, you start going to the cabin. You wind up running into a girl and and, you know, like, all right, I'm not going to get involved with this girl because I don't want to be seen like as a cheater. right now I'm trying to play him as a good guy. So. I, I go up to the cabin. And I'm like, oh, this, this is so far kind of weird. And interlaced in between these scenes is like this girl on the phone and she's talking. She's like, yeah, I'm going for the target. And I'm like, what? what's going on? You know, like, what is this story? And suddenly, like, you see the girl later on that, that you saw on the road and she's like eating a man alive. And I'm like, what the hell? So like, she comes after you like a zombie kind of deal. And 
I'm like, this game just went completely crazy. So, like, I chose, like, tackle her and, and fight her, but she bit me and I died. So then I used my gun and shot her. And you have to, like, choose to put her out of her misery or try to help her after you shoot her. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, where is this going? And then, like, suddenly the town is, like, going, like, zombieville because she went crazy in the town. And I'm like, all right, this is starting to get kind of good. Like, let's see where this goes. And suddenly it's like the credits start rolling. It's like end of episode one. I'm like, what do you mean end of episode one? What 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 do you mean? Where where's episode two? And episode two has not been released. There's no mention of where episode two is. And this came out November first, two thousand nineteen. So it's almost been a year. There's no episode two. I I must have played this for maybe an hour and a half, you know. And most of it was you know reading the story. And I'm like, wait wait a minute. Where? <laughs> I want to continue the story at this point. Uh, this game promised me, you know, that me and the mysterious agent will find themselves in the middle of a crisis that will change them forever. Where's that? Where? I, I never teamed up with that weird agent on the phone. So I liked the game. I liked where they were going with the game, but it's not a complete game. Right. <laughs> I kind of felt suckered because nowhere in the title does it say Perseverance Episode 1 or this is the first part of a, a story. It just literally acts like it's the full game. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, that sucks. And there is not even a part two to download. So <laughs> I kind of felt cheated. So I don't feel bad because I got it for free, although I kind of want to know what happens. But I really feel bad for anyone who pays four ninety nine for this with only this episode one. Mm-hmm. Crazy. All right. Yeah. So I would say uh, we all lose this week. Last week we all won. <laughs> this week we all lose. <laughs> I'll lose this week. Oh my goodness! Oh my gosh, it's funny. So funny. Uh, <laughs> um, so I think we should go into what we have for pickups, and then we can go with what's available. Um, I'll I'll start. I got no Switch games in. Spoiler. <laughs> like, all right, I really didn't. Um, but I did get in some cool stuff. I did. I got in a, a demo slip case. For that could potentially go over our premium deluxe editions. Um, so like if we do a slipcase around it, it looks really cool. Um, but I did get in a NES homebrew called Exit Loop that was supposed to be an exclusive to Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, it looks oh, nice. really rudimentary, like classic. So I'll have to see how it is when I when I pop her in. But I, I always get like more Nintendo games than I do Switch games nowadays. It's crazy. Um... But other than that, I did get the Easy Way Friday the 13th book, um, the advanced copy. So every time I do a book print run, like even with the Switch Collector, I get two advanced copies uh, sent over to me like via normal air mail. And then all the rest of the print run go on a freighter ship that takes like four months to get over to the States, which is four months, four weeks. I hope it doesn't take four months. Jeez. Um, four <laughs> weeks to get over. Um, but yeah, I didn't get any Switch games, unfortunately, guys. I, I've been... Um, I did ship out all the Switch Collector... Um, treasure chests the game chests i shipped those out oh, they nice. were li- they were literally sitting waiting to be shipped for a week and <laughs> my wife was procrastinating i was like <laughs> i was like please help me help me because <laughs> i was working so much uh trying to appease jp's insomnia and bringing scary faces to him when he wakes up in the middle of the night no uh-huh, you um, succeeded mm-hmm, exactly <laughs> so what did you Fair. get barry um, so I finally got my Darius collections from Strictly Limited. They, they finally showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. I feel like I was one of the last ones to get it. it like, took Even forever. I got that before you. Ugh. I didn't get mine yet. 
Yeah, I, I got the I got the regular editions. I got the PS4 and the Switch regular editions. But yeah, it, it took forever to get them. Now you but know finally, why we like Strictly Limited, Barry. JP gets on the end of the list. I like it. That's <laughs> yeah. They shipped. I think they shipped like the twenty second of last month, and they just came in. <laughs> like so, yeah, it Germany has been been slow. Um, but then I also got the Giraffe and Annika, the musical Mayhem edition for Switch yep. and PS4. Nice. Um, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey, the limited edition. Uh, I got House Flipper, the U.S. version. I waited. Yeah. Uh, and then today, literally, my mailbox exploded. My wife was just like, oh, Merry Christmas to you. I'm like, what? Like, There's been nothing else all week. So uh, Mortal Realms came in today. Captain Tsubasa came in. Jump Force. Gear Club Unlimited to the Tracks Edition. My uh, VGNY package with uh, Super Trench Attack and Guns of Mercy came in. And then uh, Nexomon Extinction for Switch and PS4 came in as well. Like All this today. I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> so you like, literally got in a bunch of games that they announced on the Nintendo Partner that are going to get probably NTSC releases now. Cool. <laughs> Classic Barry. <laughs> <laughs> Double so everything there was NTSC except for the um well the video game New York that is the the equivalent of yes that that those were oh and, and strictly limited Darius which oh, that's yeah. probably not coming yeah everything else was NTSC oh, okay I was like man classic double dip Barry <laughs> now, thankfully that was not a double dip <laughs> good what good. about you, JP all right so I got in three Asia English games I got the Rolling Sky collection which has Rolling Sky one and two. I got Road to Guangdong, and I got Ancestors Legacy, their Asia release, even though it has an ESRB M rated on the cover. Uh, so I got those three in. Then I got in from the US Japan. Came out. The U.S. version already came out. Uh, this is the Asia version, which is essentially the same cover, also with the uh, M rated, um, but on the back it's you know different text, and technically it's the Asia region, but it has English. Oh, okay. Cool. That's weird. Um. um then I got in from Japan Fight Crab with the soundtrack. I got in uh, Oddworld Munch's Odyssey Limited Edition. I got in a physical from Germany called Gobble Stop Simulation, which is literally forklift, the simulation. Uh, I got a forklift game. I don't know why, but somebody mentioned it. They're like, you have this? And I was like, I didn't even know about it, but I'm going to have it now. And I did. Uh, then I got in Street Power Soccer. I got... <laughs> I think Shannon's laughing at me. I got in Street Power Soccer... Then I got in two physicals from the UK, uh, Rayman Legends and Sports Party from Ubisoft. They both have physicals, but they re-released them as physicals, so I got those. Um, then I got in from VGNYSoft, their Super Trench Attack and Guns of Mercy covers. Then I also got in uh, another physical from Spain, Tales of Vesperia. Uh, also has a physical, but now I have the physical also. And then I also got in Captain Tsubasa and Jump Force Deluxe Edition. Uh, so that's everything that I got in so far this week. And I got uh, a Gundam anime blue. Oh, you gave us a bonus. All right. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it, those of us that are watching live, I do something when JP does this section now. I count how many times he says, I got. He did 20 I gots during that section. I, <laughs> I commented live as he did it. <laughs> so I got, I got, I got, I got. <laughs> I was like, I was, I was like, I was like, it's eighteen. Okay, new record. Oh wait, no, there's another and a bonus. If we ever do a drinking game based on what I say, you'll all be dead. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Only on the you social know, media playcast do we do dumb stuff like count how many times JP says "I God." 
Oh. That one I'm never saying I got again. You just did it. This is the last time, just to let everybody know. All uh, right. You know, one thing we didn't mention about Premium Edition, uh, something awesome happened this week. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't spoil it. No, yeah, you can. <laughs> I was on the radio. Yes, you were. It was ridiculous. I, I was on Sports Byline USA. It was Thursday. Uh, there was a 10-minute spot where we got to talk all about Super Blood Hockey and Premium Edition games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome. I, you know, I've never talked on the radio before. Uh, super friendly people. They seem to really enjoy the game. They played it beforehand. And, you know, we were talking just about the, the mechanics, the gameplay. Uh, we ended up talking about the Switch and the PS4. Uh, a lot of topics in, in just 10 minutes. But if you missed it, um, that's okay because we are going to get the audio up on our website and we'll on YouTube. Absolutely link it, yep. Yeah. Um, so it's on, you can go to sportsbyline.com. Uh, I believe they have a video game show late Sunday night where they'll replay the interview. Uh, but again, you can always, we'll, we'll post when it's up on our site and on YouTube so you can hear JP talk all about uh, video games because mm-hmm. you never really do that anyway. So mm-hmm. Exactly. It should be interesting because it's a sports radio show. I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then they just talked about uh-huh. video games, damn them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, open. I mean, it, it's kind of cool that we are bringing... I don't know, the very first solo hockey game on the Switch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think, uh, you know, we, we say that enough. That's that's really cool. We're, we don't have a hockey game yet physically, and we're about mm-hmm. to. And it's and you really can't get much better than Super Blood Hockey. I mean, no, that game is fantastic. The more like, I the more, play it, the more I love it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we were fans of it when we started talking to Lauren. Yeah. We were fans of it when we when we signed it. We're fans of it, you know, when we played it we played it last week. But it's true. It's it's become my go to game for the pick up and play and then I'll jump back into franchise mode when I wanna just do a, a you know, a little bit more than just, you know, play a quick match. But it is so much fun and it, it really is just like a perfect game to keep on the Switch. Absolutely, and it's definitely for sale for a couple more weeks, those that are listening to this, the week we release the podcast. Um, And those that are all international now should very soon be able to get it for a very affordable shipping price, which is awesome. And, like, it's it's amazing. Amazing that we're able to offer this, and it's literally going to put us in another stratosphere as we're able to actually give probably more affordable shipping than any other company out there right now which is great mm-hmm. which is great exactly what we want to do is be able to get as many games in gamers hands as possible yeah and we never want shipping to be the reason that Mm-mm. somebody has to pass on the game so i'm very happy that you know we're able to do this now because shipping you know unfortunately sometimes it is what it is but when we're able to to adjust it and have it be very affordable so that way it's just an afterthought that's exactly you know what we want when we buy games um mm-hmm. so it was only natural that that's what we were working towards too for our releases exactly and yeah. um all i gotta say is based on some of our other conversations like there's some legendary stuff coming with premium oh, edition yeah. like stuff that's mind-blowing like we we think we like see the top of like the coolest games that could be released and then we're like oh my god we didn't even know about this one and yeah. we're publishing it. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, like, it's like, and nobody even knows about some of this stuff we're talking about. We're talking about stuff that nobody knows about. And it's like, oh, so cool. So cool. Like, and now we get 
to be that company that teases things and, and doesn't share it just yet, but we know it's awesome, and, <laughs> and we can't wait to, to reveal it. Which is ridiculous and, and tough to do, because like if you, all, if, if you all leave us a voicemail message on anchor.fm slash switchmania, you might be able to convince us to spill <laughs> some details on this crazy switch uh-huh. world that we're going into you guys gotta leave us a voicemail though like we gotta get you to leave voice messages somehow we didn't we only had a hundred that i had to delete so we could all lose the challenge <laughs> um like like but for real like we we love feedback you gotta leave us something with like what games you want to see released physically on the switch and then maybe if we get some enough feedback we'll uh we'll give you all a, a softball on to a little bit of details <laughs> also what word would you like JP to say the most on the next episode? And I'll just Ooh. incorporate it into everything. <laughs> I think it's better when you don't realize it, and then I bring it up afterward, and you're like, aw. <laughs> well, fun fact, though. So um, after the, uh, the radio interview, which is 10 minutes long, uh, <laughs> I got yeah. feedback on it. Apparently, I started every answer with absolutely <laughs> So, you're getting nervous. There seems to be this trend. You know, it's not even nervous. It's just I don't even realize sometimes that I'm I'm saying I I know like from past conversations that I'll tend to pick a word like randomly and just it's always word. being said. But I didn't even notice this time until it was pointed out. I'm like, oh, I just I, I guess I did, and and now I did it again with uh, this episode. So we I don't know, absolutely word- are bringing this game yeah, to the Nintendo. Absolutely, I do. <laughs> oh, are, are you bringing a game to the Nintendo Switch, JP? Absolutely. <laughs> got in the latest games. Yes. <laughs> I think absolutely we should talk about what's coming out. <laughs> so if you all survive this week, you could breathe a little sigh of relief for next week, but not too much uh, because uh. we're still not slowing down. We have quite a number of announcements uh, of upcoming releases and pre-orders. Uh, but before that, I will say that this week we had a number that yeah. came in uh, in the second half of the week that you hey, may or may not JP, know about. I pre-ordered two games this week. I should probably spoil it, and then you can explain it after I spoil it. Um, okay. I, pre- I pre-ordered the Turrican games that were announced yep. by Strictly yep. Limited, right? Am I right? Yep. Yes, yes I got it right. <laughs> and, of course, I had to get, because we've done some episodes on this, a Mighty Gumbolt Ver- Burst. By yes. in limited run, release that sucker, and like I've been looking forward to getting that one for a while. That was one of those classics from year one that I wanted. All is right, it so. a different game because it's like Gal? No, nope. It's same game, different name. That's how they advertised it. Oh, is the Gal Gun characters in both the Switch version as well, or same game, different name? I'm gonna go with everything's the same, just a different name. Oh, weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know the reason for that. I thought it was um, a mistype that they put Gal in there for some accident. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, what was the other game? That, oh, those are the two. Okay, yeah. so so let's go. Through, Actually, that was uh, three because I bought both Turricans because they didn't want to do a multi card like Premium Edition does. They, they're also split very weird. It's like Turrican mm-hmm. one, two, or one and yeah. three. Is like, the Super Nintendos are split, or the Gen is like like wouldn't you put them all together? <laughs> I don't know why they do it. I just get sad. Yeah. And I'm like, just I'll put go. it on one cart. Be like us. Be like us. Be like... I just keep interrupting JP. All right, go ahead. <laughs> right. So, first off, we had Ruiner open up for pre-order on Tuesday. Nice. Uh, there is a limited run games variant cover edition for twenty nine ninety nine, And then you have the special reserve 
Games Edition for $39.99. Okay. Uh, pre-orders are going to be ending at different times. So for limited run, you have until Sunday, September 27th at 11.59 p.m. Special Reserve is September 18th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Very so important. Ruiner looked cool. Like, again, classic on their websites. It didn't show what the game is. Um, but it says action and all that. But, like, I went to the the trailer, and I'm like, it's a top-down action, like, <laughs> almost like twin-stick shooter. And I'm like, I don't know. Like, people are going to have to convince me again. Uh, how is it not like Contra Rokor? <laughs> like that's what i just played contra rokor on the switch and i'm like oh this looks like contra rokor just grittier well you have devolver digital attached to the game and they make fun games so they do that's enough for me but yeah it's a brutal action shooter set in the year 2091 in the cyber metropolis rangkok so yeah language jp sorry story driven (laughs) action uh violent confrontation is a means to an end uh cool so Ruiner is currently up for pre-order, so if you haven't done it, don't forget to. Uh, the other game that we just mentioned was Turrican. So yeah. uh, strictly, strictly limited games announced it during the Gamescom. Uh, was it the open night uh, like piece of it? But it's two versions. So it's Turrican Anthology Volumes One and Two. And I can go quickly just so people know what's on each release. But Volume One has. Turrican from the Amiga, Turrican 2 from the Amiga, Super Turrican from the Super NES, uh, the director's cut of that one from the SNES, and Mega Turrican Score Attack from the Mega Drive. So that's all on Anthology 1. Which is like yeah. Mega Turrican Score Attack, and then they don't even put Mega Turrican on that volume. Yeah, so then on Anthology 2, you have Turrican <laughs> 3 on the Amiga, Mega Turrican from the Mega Drive, Mega Turrican Director's Cut from the Mega Drive, Super Turrican 2 from the SNES, and Super Turrican 1 score attack from the SNES. Um, so weird. So yeah. But the other thing is, there's actually two collector's editions. There's a collector's edition and an ultra collector's edition. <laughs> Super um, I won't, expensive. It, it's expensive. There's a lot of goodies. Um, if you want to know exactly what's in there, you can go to strictlylimitedgames.com or you can go yep. to jpswitchmania.com because it's in the week of August 23rd post. I have all the details of everything uh, that, that came out this week, including those games. Um, but let's. But we're not done yet, because on Saturday, <laughs> which is tomorrow or whenever you're listening to this, uh, there is a game from First Press Games that's opening up for pre-order. It is called Neko Navy Daydream Edition. It also got announced, uh, pretty much it got announced, I think, on Wednesday or Thursday, but it's opening up for pre-order on Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. There is a regular edition, um, an English cover with an English manual, and then a regular edition with a Japanese cover, Japanese manual. Uh, different amount of quantities available, so that's on my website and theirs. But then for the collector's edition, there are three. There is a Miracle collector's edition, a Mugi, and a Chiyoko. And the only difference between them is the plush of the cat. So depending on which cat you like, that's the one that you're going to go with. Um, but the thing is, the cover of the collector box is different. It's so based you getting, on that. What? Are you getting all three? I so for <laughs> so for first press games, I mainly stick with their regular editions, and that's because I want their slipcover. Um, their slipcover has a connecting spine silhouette image that yep. that keeps growing. But also, I really like the slipcover, and it doesn't come with the collector's edition. So I I typically just stick with their regulars. Um, Good thing you don't collect variants, JP. Collect hmm. variants. I mean. 
I mean, I may go for the Japanese cover, so I don't know yet. But um, in terms of the game case in the collector's edition, it's the same as the regular, minus the slip cover. So there's not a different cat on the case itself, just the box. Um, so I'm, I'm just sticking with the regular. Uh, all right, so let's go into next week. On Monday, August 31st, you have Wallachia, Reign of Dracula. Uh, this is the VGNY Soft cover edition. Because right now you can pre-order it with a different cover at pixelheart.com. And then the U.S. cover, um, and I have air quotes, that's going to be from BGNY Soft <laughs> on Monday. Then on Why Tuesday, is it in air quotes, JP? Because <laughs> actually, you know what? Hold on one second. Before I say the wrong thing. that About the rating? Yeah. Because yeah, some of their games, they do an ESRB release. And, and I really now. just want to make sure that I have picked the... Uh, yeah, they have a rating pending on here. So this one actually, I believe, is going to be a U.S. release. I'm just, Ooh. yep, this is, an, this is an American ESRB rated production. So it's going to be limited to 5,000 copies, and it is actually going to be a U.S. release. Uh, so this is not one of their uh, European cartridges with a North American uh, cover. This is actually a U.S. release. So cool. I'm glad I'm I'm, I'm going to update my notes on that. So hey, I'm not. JP, guess what? Um, while you're updating your notes, um, I found in the Switch Collector Volume 1, page 192 is where the Mighty Gunvolt Burst section and the digital-only section is at. And in my own personal collection, I'm using the checkmark stickers, and I actually use the rounded checkmarks. And I put a checkmark on it once it gets announced for a physical. So nice. I have the checkmark. It was actually written by Alan Jenks as well, that, that review. Oh, awesome. Super cool. JP Switch Mini Reviewer. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. So on Tuesday, September 1st, we have a distributed title from Limited Run Games. It's called Regions of Ruin from Yondu Soft. So they are going to be putting that out. Uh, in stores coming out, you have MX vs. ATV All Out. Mm. And you have Ari and the Secret of Seasons coming out. And if you want to get a little yes. bonus for that game... At Best Buy, you can get a $10 e-gift card when you pre-order it. So and that was Ori? Ari. A-R-Y. Ari. So then we jump over to... Oh, no, Thursday at this point. We have the Dandara Collector's Edition, um, and I believe regular, too, from Super Rare Games. They just announced it today. Uh, it's going to go up for pre-order on Thursday. And I'm just jumping to their site really quick. Yeah, there's going to be a regular edition and a collector's edition. So it's Dandara Trials of Fear Edition. That's what it's called. Now, uh, is it's it still Dandara at... or, is it a, or is it a sequel? This is this is Dandara. Okay, I think cool. uh, I'm just trying to see if they have any notes about uh, like DLC or anything like that. But no, okay. So it's the Trials of Fear Edition. It goes live at 1 p.m. on Thursday, and there's a regular and a collector, so I'll have that in my weekly release post for next week. So uh, interestingly, that is page 242 of the Switch Collector Volume 1. Um, I actually already had a checkmark sticker on it, so it was announced before for sure. Yeah, they, this was one I believe that uh, Super Rare had done with uh, uh, Wood when they announced about yeah, seven games. Yeah, that's what it year. was. Yep, yep. Yeah. So we knew it was coming, we just didn't know when, and we didn't know that there was a collector's edition, so I think that's pretty cool. And, and JP, and, it was written by Chad Myers from JP Switchmaker. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this, uh, Jeff, but in the collector's edition, I want to get to it really quick so I can get yeah, uh, cool. to you. In the collector's edition, there is going to be a 180-page full-color guidebook. 
Wow. Along with a custom-designed pendant, a full set of 52 playing cards, a collector's pin badge, an A3 size double-sided map, a two-CD soundtrack, a sticker, an awesome collector's box, and the full set of their cards for that release. Cool. So I'm really, I'm really curious to see uh, that release. Looks nice. It's going to be, uh, it converts to about a hundred dollars US. So okay. It's a uh, so hundred bucks for a collector's edition. It's not too bad with the guidebook because I mean I know guidebooks take a while. Yeah. So it should be, should be good. Um, all right. So let's jump back. So that was Thursday. Then on Friday in the UK we have Ministry of Broadcast coming out. They're going to have a regular and a pin badge set. And then don't forget in the US. We're getting this game in October from PM Studios, and it's going to come with a steel book. So, Barry, you can hold off if you want. <laughs> I always think of you. Uh, then we have NBA 2K21. We have the Standard Edition and the Mamba Forever Edition. Uh, that's coming out. And then we also have Road to Guangdong, the UK Edition. So same game, just you know, different rating on the cover. Uh, and what was really cool about this release that I believe the – I think the UK will also have this – it came with the manual, um, and it also came with these two recipe cards. Because I guess in the game, you know, it takes place in the 90s. You're going on on essentially a road trip, so you have recipes from your grandparents, and it's it's a full recipe. Like you can make the food, and it has you know all of the ingredients and and the steps of what you need to do. And I think that was pretty cool. And I believe the UK version should have that. Um, the only thing that was interesting though is that the the oh, cards no. the uh, the recipe cards in the manual were oversized, so they actually shipped outside the packaging. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah. Um, and as of right now, I think that is it for next week, so it's not terribly too bad. Uh, That's horrible, JB. It's so many games. No. Uh, Barry, I don't think it's too bad compared to this week. No, this week was it was like a slower start and then just like diarrhea at the end well i mean if you guys are like gross completionist collectors with your gross ocd of having to grossly say gross things you know what (laughs) so so how long has the switch been out now is it about three days four days now yeah um it finally happened i forgot to pre-order a game i had to i had to share this um and ironically the game that i'm missing is the missing (laughs) From limited run games, couldn't have picked. I, I did not pre-order it. I don't know what happened. I looked at my, uh, you know, in, invoices or or emails, and I have the game before it. I have the game after it. I don't have that game. So everybody immediately, I posted this, and they're like, "Well, you can just pre-order the Best Buy." And I'm like, "Well, that's a different cover. I'm a variant collector. I gotta go with the original." Um, I think I found the copy, hopefully. But yeah, it's crazy. I uh, it finally happened, and. It happens to everybody, I guess. But I'll push your You know why that happened, JP? That happened literally because you're spending so much time with Premium Edition. That you're starting to slip. No, this game was from January. Starting to slip, JP. <laughs> <laughs> we, I we know. We may maybe have been working with Premium since January. May, or I guess, last I January. Guess maybe I was. Last January. Oh. <laughs> so before we go, somebody did ask me a question that I wanted to answer. And they asked Uh-oh. me why I like these physical releases. Because you're uh, a so gross physical... human being who likes to have shiny things on his wall. Surprisingly, you're not the first person to use all of those words in the same sentence. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see I see gross, I see why, I see of course it's JP. And, and I mean, I, I was the one writing all those, but no. <laughs> that's true. I blocked every one of your accounts. No, right. um, I, I'll explain it, and you know, I'm sure the opinions will 
differ because I think the majority of people in our community are not fans of this, but I'll step back. So Fosical is a term that I think I came up with that just means that there's a code in the case. There's no cartridge. So you're literally getting an official case and then a piece of paper that has the code to download the game off the eShop. And people wonder why I buy these. Um, so it's, it's twofold. One is there are some games that will never get a physical and they come out this way. Um, they're mainly in the UK. I'm trying to think of a few examples. I can't at the moment. But, you know, these are smaller type games. They're like maybe $15, $20 at most on the eShop. And and I don't think they would ever really warrant a 3000 or a 5000 print run, to be honest. It's not that they're bad games. I just don't think the demand to buy a physical is there. So this is another option where the game comes out in a retail store or online literally at the exact same price as if you'd buy it on the eShop, but you get a case. And to me, when I say I'm a physical collector, I, I count that case. Like to me, that is, that's my, that's what I collect. Um, even like if we talk about Sonic Mania with the big box and a code, I actually don't count that as a release for me because I like the cases. Like that's what, you know, appeals to me for the Switch. So I tend to go with something that has a case. Now, the other piece of the physicals is that you get games that did get a physical. So like I talked about this week, uh, Tales of Vesperia, Sports Party, Rayman, Legends, they all got real physicals, so why am I buying it again? I don't know. I, I just like the case, and I figure, you know, my son is going to come of age where he can have his own Switch, and I literally can just open up these 30-plus physical releases and just dump them all onto his system. And, you know, being you know a younger kid who I really don't want popping in and out of cartridges and breaking them, that's not bad to give him a switch with all these fun games that a lot of them are, you know, E-rated and, and meant for him. So I do plan on using them. It's not that I, I keep them sealed until they expire and they're no good. But, yeah, I just, I enjoy them. I think they're starting to get a little overkill, especially, unfortunately, with Bandai Namco. They're literally mm-hmm. taking their entire library and just putting them back out as codes and, you know... Poor me, it's my choice, but yeah, it's getting to be a little too much because I'm noticing it more and more. But, I mean, that's really why I collect them. I know a lot of people don't like them. I'm sure your opinions are, are similar to everyone else's, Barry and Jeff. We're literally like getting comments from the live community saying, I hate those. Yeah. <laughs> and I say, in the Switch Collector Volume 1, I literally count Sonic Mania as a physical, the, yeah. the deluxe edition. It is a physical. Everything that has a game code in it can be construed as a physical. However, however, then do we count those gross, dirty, nasty cards that are in Walmart when there's a couple games there that aren't released anywhere else and they're on those dirty, stinky cards? (laughs) I'm not going to touch that one because I don't want to collect those cards. I know people who did. Um, And even if you look at Best Buy, they had the... Like the fan gamer games, like uh, I forget which Hollow Knight and things like that, they had a plush with a code on the receipt. You um, could technically count that. I, again, me personally, I don't. If somebody wants to collect it, good for them. Like I don't judge. Uh, that's why I always find it funny when I post it at this point. I think just to annoy people because I know they hate them. But to me, it counts in my collection, so I, I share yeah. it. But it's uh, it's funny how angry some people get, and I think they I, think that I definitely got the one Hollow Knight is, one. What? I definitely got the Hollow Knight plushie one. I got that for my daughter. And then, um, what else did they release? They released um, they did a Katamari. 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 Yep. Yeah. And 
Did they do a Stardew? No, they didn't do Stardew Valley. I literally uh, walked by Katamari all the time, and I just never got it. And my, every yeah. time, like, London was like, ooh, that's cute. But she, it wasn't <laughs> enough for her to buy it, because I was like, do you want me to get it? She's like, well, no. I'm like, okay. But, I mean, I will say that um, I wouldn't mind if they slowed down. Germany seems to love them. Like, Mark and Technic, which is a publisher, absolutely loves these uh, digital codes. That's where the... Uh, forklift simulator game comes from and all these other Does bad Germany games. game collectors like it though? <laughs> you say Germany I, like the entire country. Do they though? Do they? My really? guess is not. I think they know that I buy it so they open up the international shipping for me. Yeah, I think but, they're kind enough to do that. But uh, yeah, I mean I wouldn't mind not collecting them. Like if they stopped doing them, I'd be okay with it. Uh, it because is a separate category, JP. It's, there's digital collectors, there's physical collectors, yeah. and then there's physical collectors because Nintendo literally has three categories on their developer portal. It is yeah. not a physical release. It is a it is a game code in box release, and that's what it's called yeah. by Nintendo. So it is not. It is a separate collecting like thing. It is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, we, and you have a sickness, and the only cure for that sickness is to say, "I got more times." We had, a request yeah. for, we had a request for that. On the- <laughs> I mean, the, the good news is that in the U.S. we don't see too many of them, um, and we typically don't see them repeated, meaning we don't get a physical and then the physical. Like, we got Mortal yeah. Kombat 11, but then we got the complete collection as a digital code, so it was technically a little bit different, not too much. Then, like, Fortnite, the only way we got it was as a physical. With uh, Overwatch, we got it as a physical. Oh. Um, so at least we're not terribly bad as opposed to other regions. Uh, Germany definitely seems to do their own games, but it's the UK where you start seeing these physical to physicals and, and I just realized I missed one. So I got Rayman, I got sports party and I missed Monopoly. So. Yes. Yeah, so you had two I gots there. So, oh, <laughs> You're no, teasing I, everyone with we gots for a little bit and now we got some I gots again. Yes. Uh, everyone, everyone can sleep well tonight now. JP has, has given you so, your I gots. <laughs> so the the moral of the story is if you find these uh releases online yeah. let me know because i'm probably gonna miss them yeah i mean honestly the only ones that would be remotely interesting to me is if they did not have a traditional physical release um right. are there any out there that don't there's like two maybe right when the initial yeah there, the there's initial actually a few it, it's mainly in the uk yeah, um yeah, yeah. and i I mean, for next episode, I could definitely pull if anyone wants to know. Like but like Robocod, or there was a, there was a yeah. couple. There was a couple there's I Robocod, remember. There's like a pocket racing or like mm-hmm. a toy car racing game. Because I, a- I uh, compiled the list for volume, I think it's volume three that they end up being in. But because um, yeah. it's the second half of year two is when they started popping out in, in mass. But yep. um, there's only a couple from that first batch. Yeah. That were that were maybe two, maybe three of them. And then the other four or five were all like re-releases, which are. Are gross. you saying that premium edition won't be doing physical releases? No, I mean we honestly, we already every listener spoiler. We already did a physical release with the Switch Collector Volume One before we were an established company. Is that our our first physical, everyone? Let well, there's know. no game. It's and that a, would be a physical. There's no that's game. That's not physical. You need a you need a game. JP. So the physical is is that you get a version of the physical release inside the box. There in the manual. There's literally a mini collector's checklist inside the box. Mm. It's the physical version of the Switch Collector Volume One book inside of it. <laughs> I I feel a rubber band stretching somewhere. 
Yeah, it's about the same as your justification for collecting physicals in the first place. Oh! <laughs> Listen, if I came up with the terminology, I get to make the rules. Mm-hmm. And I but, can uh, Okay, so rules. either way, we'll be doing physicals, everybody. So Super Blood Hockey will be on a cartridge. Yeah, uh, so will so our sad. future releases. But yeah, so uh, for you listeners that are listening live, to anyone who's going to listen after... <laughs> I disappeared. Words, why don't you tag me and Barry... Yes. What do you think? Oh, <laughs> that was so random. <laughs> I was just waiting patiently while you guys just, you know, did your thing. Um, first off, I think if anyone has a problem with you collecting the way you collect, then they don't know me. You know, the, the hell with them, because everyone's collection is their own, and you should just collect what you enjoy. Now, as for fosicles, uh, I've never been a fan of them. Um, my first experience with them was with the Vita. Where I uh, I uh, went for a full set, and there's two on the Vita. There's Minecraft, and there's MLB 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, both, thankfully, do have actual physicals in other regions in English. So at least while well, having them on the shelf, and I, I made the decision to buy those two because not only was it only two, but when I when I went for the full set, I wanted a full retail set in addition to the limited. And those were technically retail releases. Yep. So when they when they first appeared on the Switch, they were only European at first. And I was like, Phew, you know, not to work. <laughs> and then they just started to come here. And I was like, oh, you know, like, this sucks. But I did get them. I did like, every U.S. release I got. And the reason I got is because those are the kind of things you're not going to find secondhand. Right. You're, just, you're not going to ever find used because their, their code's done and most people will probably throw out the case. So I had no choice but to buy them. And... I'm not a fan of them. Um, there's two that I wound up double dipping on on purpose, which is a Constructor and Super Putty Squad, which do have European uh, physicals, actual physicals. But in the U.S., we only got the uh, the physicals, so I do have both there. But yeah, I, I'm not a fan at all, and I I'm only buying them out of obligation because I do feel they are part of the full set, yep. even though at least the full retail set and I'm keeping them sealed because that's just you know yeah kind of the way it is if it's opened up then it's it's just pretty much an empty case um right. yeah the codes will expire uh I hate doing it and I'm thankful that it's not too many no. over here but but yeah it's just one of those that I'm not a fan of it but I do it out of obligation to the set and if they, they stopped it <laughs> sorry 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 keep going Go on. That was that was what banned. Oh, I was gonna say it was actually interesting because this past week there was one that got announced from Funbox Media. It's on their website. It's called Santa's Christmas Adventure. It's a code in box, and they label it as or they describe it as a perfect stocking filler. It's gonna be. I'm on their website now, so it's going to be. Was it like eleven dollars or so? Like it's nothing crazy. Yeah, eleven sixty-six pounds, and I think it actually may be coming out here in the U.S. I could be wrong. Uh, but Barry, there may be another one. But somebody said, okay, well, why aren't you just doing a physical? And they blatantly said on, on social media, like, this game is not going to warrant 5,000 copies, 3,000 copies. This is just meant for kids. It's meant for the holidays. It's a cute little game. Like, I'm watching the trailer now. It's a little, you know, puzzle type of game where you're shifting the tiles to get Santa to, you know, from the start to the finish. And it's like a cute little game. And I understand that. But, like, you know, the people, you know, the few people commenting were like, well, I would buy one. And they were like, OK, you buy one. And then there's two thousand nine hundred ninety nine that go unsold because nobody else wants a physical. So I was going to say at ten dollars or eleven dollars, 
that's a lot easier to swallow than yeah. some of these that are you know 40 50 bucks like wolfenstein you know young bloods like like big triple a releases right. that are just like that that's really where it hurts yeah like to me i can completely understand like an indie developer you know they want to get their game in a store somehow they can't fund the physical this is a good alternative especially if it's priced at the same price as uh as just a digital here you at least get a case you get something tangible um you're right i mean when we see like uh like the wolfenstein uh go that route and it's like well why i mean you could have easily funded it it to me that yeah that okay triple a bigger studios i don't see why they're doing it uh thankfully it really hasn't caught on like i don't see a trend starting of these like these main games getting these digital codes Knowing what? what we know, though, JP, could they afford it, though? Because, like, if they were to put, like, a 32-gigabyte card or a 64-gigabyte card that's still not announced by Nintendo, um, like, those are super expensive per cartridge. And, true. like, or they do a 2-gigabyte card and then require you to fill up your memory card on the download anyways. Right. <laughs> like, And then we're like, well, why did they do that with the download required? And it's like, well, yeah. The answer right. is that they could afford it is uh, definitely yes. I mean, when when you have Is a studio, enough? yeah, when you have a publisher that can put on an E three show, they can afford <laughs> a Switch game. <laughs> I like that logic. Mm. Yeah, those those shows are not cheap, and if they feel they they have enough to warrant it, yeah, and especially you have like Wolfenstein, you have Overwatch, you have these, you know, Blizzard, Activision Blizzard. The the CEO makes more money than the three of us will ever make combined in like whoa 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 like I've he, got goals. He makes like thirty million or thirty billion dollars a year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's JP accepted. has goals. Everyone, I have goals. <laughs> Quit trying to downplay JP's goals here. Yeah, I'm not seriously. trying to downplay JP's goals. I'm trying to say that these people make more money than they well deserve. So yes, they can easily afford to to put out these games physically. But the, can the Christmas- they though? Yes, they can. They're lazy and they're cheap. They're look not at, look cheap. At- the cards, yeah, the, cheap. the cartridges are not cheap to produce. It's true. They're not. Uh, I, I, I'm just saying, if they do a two gigabyte cart, sure. But Wolfenstein Youngblood is not a small game. No, but uh, there's compression to it. It's not you can't look at like the PS4 version uh, as the how big it is because especially Panic Button, they've been That'd really be like terabytes though. If that was the case, but I'm just saying like the all of Doom and Wolf, you know, on a card outside huh? the multiplayer. But, uh. I'm looking up Wolfenstein Youngblood. I'm, I'm, I want to see how big this game is. So on Nintendo Shop, yeah, it is 20.6 gigs. Okay, so um. Knowing how much it costs per cartridge, just for the card alone, that's nineteen extra dollars per cartridge. <laughs> There's no way they're gonna do that. That like when it's literally zero dollars to put the card in there, or I had an extra nineteen dollars per item. Like I'm just saying, as a business, that does not make logical sense just to put it on a physical cartridge. Um, they would do sixteen. And then it would be a lot cheaper, but then you have to have a download card. So then why not do two? Other than why not just do the card? I'm thinking from a business perspective, would I want it on the card? Hell yeah, I want it on the cartridge. But mm-hmm. as a business, no business is going to do that because you do 19, what's 19 times 5,000? A lot. No, it's not a lot. But we have to remember these are billion dollar companies. 
Sure, and they they are billion dollar companies because they don't do things like that. Like like their profit margin, they can afford to pay their guy. Because I mean, they didn't spend an extra hundred thousand dollars on a five thousand print run minimum. They're not going to print five thousand copies, Barry. You're not going to win this argument that the business is going to do it. They could waste a million dollars putting a $19 cartridge in a 50,000 print run that's going to go worldwide in Wolfenstein Youngblood. But they're probably not going to waste a million dollars doing that just to to appease those that want they, it on cartridge. If they're not wasting money, if they, then they will sell out. If they did Wolfenstein as a limited 5,000, that, that's a well-known IP that would sell 5,000 easily. Like, in fact, I guarantee if you look up Wolfenstein Youngblood sales now, it's more than 5,000. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that they company sold, doesn't do limited runs, though. They could. Nothing's stopping them. In fact, if it's JP, if they can do a physical, they could really do whatever they want. Any JP, company. take down a um, take down notes. We need to release Wolfenstein Youngblood limited release on physical. There we go. The switch. It would it would right. not a physical on a live actual thing. We'll let so. Barry take out the hundred thousand dollar loan and we'll, <laughs> just for the cartridges only, not the physical items. <laughs> like I mean, well, I'm telling you. That is ridiculous. That. <laughs> oh yeah, we would need to do. When that. we're well established, we can we can do this as a challenge. Yeah, I don't once, think. But that's, <laughs> let's worry about it then. Once once JP's getting thirty billion a year with his goals. There we go. <laughs> I promise you, I'll take a little bit of the uh, funds and I'll make a, a physical, and we'll see how well it sells. If, if you're making thirty billion a year, then I think. <laughs> then I'll just buy the five thousand. Like suck it, I did it. Yeah, He's gonna do it and not sell them to anyone. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No, no, no! Now we're getting off topic, everybody. So that was that was. <laughs> I was just being devil's on. advocate, by the way. <laughs> I know, but that's that's part of the fun. Though you got to go back and forth, you know. I couldn't just agree. agree and say, "Oh yes, we all want physical." Then we're all the nerds. Of course, we want physical, but well, are they really I, gonna I, do it? They're not, and you know why they're not, though. In the reality, because they're greedy. That's yeah. why they're not doing it. That's why they're doing these. Daggone Fosicles in the first place. They just, they're greedy as hell. That's why they're re-releasing games with Fosicles. Because they're greedy and they want money. Yeah. They cared yeah. about the community. They would support all- the developers and get more. All about that profit margin. Yes. Yeah. How cheap can we make the product and how expensive can we sell it? And that's that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Which Mania Playcast gets dark. And and you know now with the next gen coming, game prices are going up again. Another ten dollars. So, you know it may be going up, but Puyo Puyo Tetris Two I think is only thirty nine ninety nine on the PS Five. Interesting. Ooh. Yeah, I I believe I I probably am completely wrong now, but I'm pretty sure I saw that on Amazon because I was like, wow, PS Five already. I'm like, yeah, I guess it's I guess it's that time. It um, but I'm going to just check really quick. So Puyo Puyo Tetris Two is yep uh, 39 it's the exact same price as the ps4 version so unless it's wrong lock in your pre-order now for the ps5 version but uh yeah so it's uh you're right though i'm sure once the ps5 and the next xbox comes out we'll be talking about pricing and it'll be very interesting to see if it has any effect on nintendo's pricing as well well, I mean, I saw I saw one of the news pieces about the Xbox where it's like, well, looks like they just put their foot in their mouth because they're postponing Halo, which would have been your your reason to get the Xbox right at launch, like for most gamers. And now it's like, well, maybe they're all just gonna go and support the PS5 fan edition. 
time, they just announced that Ratchet and Clank, which is the one the, the big PS5 launch game, is now launch window. So that's not going to be at launch either. No. I mean, now you don't even want to get the router edition of the PS5, the big fan edition. Like, right. <laughs> like I mean, everybody, just stick with the Switch. You'll be fine. There's rumor. Yep. There's more rumors about Switch Two, um, yep. with updated hardware and stuff, which. I mean, Nintendo will probably deny and then la- then drop launch it because, honestly, a lot of the rumors that have been coming true, while the facts have been off, we did see two different directs when people predicted, a hey, Nintendo Direct's coming. Well, we did it's get true. a mini indie. We get the indie. We got the partner. So there's another one saying there's a September thing. Um, I think we're going to see it. Yeah, I, think, I think we're going to see something. Like, Nintendo's but- going to launch... A video. I I really think that they're not going to do a direct unless we're going to get like our Zelda Mario thing. And mm-hmm. honestly, if they don't, I would be surprised. Like they need to because we need oh. some holiday first party bomb drops. And even if they're predictable, like Skyward Sword, that's been released on three different websites now. Like yeah, I I will say that I feel we're going to get one that has to showcase the yeah. Mario collection. Like it, well, you know. Uh, and, I think we talked and about honestly, week, like but... I'm so excited about Skyward Sword with the, without the stupid motion controls. Like you don't understand. If it's real, you, you do realize that we're like a week away from it being a full year since we've had an actual Nintendo Direct, not a mm-hmm. mini, like a full blown Nintendo Direct. We're, we're like a week away from a full year. That's crazy. Yeah, but I still feel like we've had plenty in between. I mean, even if it's not full, no games have been games. released. JP, no games have been released. If we don't get no it games. direct, it doesn't count. <laughs> what do you mean we haven't gotten games? We got Animal Crossing. JP, we've had like 10,000 games released. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally said I got 20 times in this episode alone. <laughs> like, and that was just in the one section. You said it much more. But, I I, but that's the thing, though, is that Nintendo, I think, was just straying away and doing their own thing and treading their own path. But we will likely see one when they're ready to drop a bomb on something. I just hope when we get it that we get more info on Breath of the Wild too, because I'm just hungry to get more info on that. Like I'm telling you, if if we see a direct and then we see the Mario collection, we see Breath of the Wild two, we see the Skyward Sword, and then you just see like you know Metroid Prime trilogy, Metroid Prime four. And then you just bring back Golden Sun and Xenoblade Chronicles X. Like can you just imagine like twenty minutes of just like. Wow, we waited and it was completely worth the wait. JP, quit spoiling things because we're gonna have our newest launch at the end of it from Pre Edition Games at the end of the official Nintendo Direct. <laughs> One more thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can I can tease something. I am going to Cartoon JP is going to be making another appearance soon oh. in in a giveaway uh, with another company. So. Uh, stay tuned for that. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yes, I will tell Jeff and Barry offline. Everybody else will only have to wait just a little bit longer. But I think it's going to be pretty fun. That's funny. Yeah. Um, so I mean, right. I mean, should yeah, we wrap up? up? We should. Yeah. Yeah, we're about almost at two and a half hours, everyone. So. Um, right, we're having so, a good time. Yeah, always having a good time. 
<laughs> having fun and communicating with people. Um, just so you know, we do record uh, live. We don't necessarily record at the same time all the time. So if you follow us and hit that bell on YouTube, on Premium Edition Games um, YouTube channel, you can literally be notified when we pop up live and you can come and uh, talk sass about every time JP says, I got. Um, I got. <laughs> Um, make sure you, uh, you know, pick up your copy of Super Blood Hockey. If you've been waiting in your stateside, shipping is affordable. It's down, uh, like around five bucks almost everywhere in the U.S. And then it's about to be the same affordable shipping around five seventy or so. Um, very soon with our exclusive international and Canadian distributor that'll be launched soon. Uh, we're definitely going to be having a PR campaign behind us so that way everybody knows and jp will be sure to email uh it, our entire like mailing list which includes everybody who's bought a copy so you can have your opportunity if you did get a copy in your international to get your uh the same shipping that everybody else gets we never yep. say oh you're locked in like no no you're we don't make money right. on shipping everyone like you you will get the copy for the yes. same person. we take care of everybody we will take care of you that is one of our goals with uh with the company is like we're we're just fans and collectors like everyone else we're gonna do right by y'all yep. um so you can get it at premiumeditiongames.com as for me you can find me on facebook and the twitter at Hagen's alley and at Hagen's alley books on instagram before i get to barry switch collector volume one is almost out of stock it is both at premiumeditiongames.com and hagensalley.com. I think there's like around 30 copies left, which is insane. Going fast. Volume yeah. 2 is coming soon. Spoiler, spoilers. Very soon. Finished the formatting last weekend. You know what? Can I ask a question to everybody now about the book? Sure. Okay, so we're having another, you know, JP's Collector Corner making a return. What does everybody want to see in it? I can't promise I'll do everything, but if there's hmm. feedback, you know, there's something that you want to see preserved in these books, yeah. why don't you yeah. leave us a message, contact us on social media, let us know what you want to see, and then uh, all For of For example, if you want a JP's I Got section, we can <laughs> we can do an I Got section, or more, or more importantly, I think JP, for especially for year two, you know, the first Uh-oh. half of it, my recommendation yeah. for JP is the impact of introducing the limited companies to the Switch. And, yes. and like hopefully, a, a those companies, hopefully those companies will want to talk with us and we can uh, interview them for the book as well because I'd love to get their yeah. take on it. Yeah, because like, there's just only a couple limited companies that came out during the first half and you have your uh, Super Rare and Limited Run as well as East Asia yeah. Soft and that's like about it for the limiteds. I am yeah. doing like what number it is in the um in the metadata section, so like you'll know which number release it is. Yeah, nice. It's fun. Like it's been that. fun to do. Um, but anyways, and Barry, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me over at Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You could find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. JP. All right, so you can find me at JP Switch Mania on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, jpswitchmania.com for. No more reviews. Uh, we actually recently shut down the reviews for our site. Uh, mm-hmm. So now the site is primarily going to be used for the weekly release posts and some other updates. Uh, but if you want to be kept in the loop of all the games coming out, see what they look like, know when pre-orders are starting, 
JP Switch Mania on Twitter is your best bet for that, and my weekly release post on the website. You can also find me at Premium Edition Games. So that's Premium Edition 1 on Twitter. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. We're on Discord. And then we have our website where we have blog posts and whatnot. You can sign up for our newsletter at premiumeditiongames.com. And, of course, you can pre-order Super Blood Hockey right now physically for the Switch. We are uh, closing the pre-orders on September 22nd. So please don't miss it. And thanks for supporting us. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you next week. Bye. Have a good one.